Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, Hello, everybody. It's Friday, September 20th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hello. And Mr. Bob Ryer. Hola. All right, guys, this is Talking Comics number 100. And first of all, let's give it up for the people in the house right now. We are doing this live from Reese's in Patchogue, episode number 100. Uh, Stephanie Cook will be joining us shortly. Um, so, guys, episode 100, how you feeling? I feel good, man. You feel pretty good? You I got do. some chicken fingers? I got some chicken fingers. Got some books. You guys actually get to see now, because we're recording this as well for posterity. Uh, Bob has brought his oh, usual... Uh, it's actually a lot less than normal, Bob. Well, it was a shorter show, so it's it was. just like some old X-Men from 30 years ago. You yeah. know, what the heck? He doesn't have $20,000 worth of books with him <laughs> like he usually does. Next time. For, you, for 200 Your first episode with us, you did uh, Fantastic Four number 600, right? Was the... Yep. So, for those of you who don't know this, um, uh, when I first started doing this, uh, I asked Bob to do it, and Bob told me no. <laughs> Flat out, no. Very true. He did wow. not want to do it with us. Uh, so we started doing it, and uh, Bob wouldn't do it. But then uh, it came to a point where Fantastic Four number 600 was coming out. And uh, if you guys don't know this or not, Bob is a fan of the Fantastic Four. And he, uh, uh, I asked him to come on and, and uh, you know, at least give us his expertise. And then it wasn't too long after that that you became a regular yeah. couple, member. A couple of weeks, maybe? A couple of weeks, yeah. Well, what it was, you were starting the show about the DC New we 52. We were, yeah, we were. Which was a great idea, mm. except I felt that they were the Visigoths attacking my castle. <laughs> I was buying tons of old 52, and mm. they were all canceled <laughs> and replaced with stuff I didn't want to read. I'll just right. leave it at that. Some things don't change, guys. Right. Uh, no, no. And it started right at the beginning. <laughs> and so I... Bided my time, and we came around to a broader approach, or everyone we left, did. and whatever reason I showed up. It's a combination of the two. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I think it worked out pretty well. We have a lovely rapport. I think so as well. I think so as well. Um, so you guys know uh, what we're going to do for the 100th episode here is we're going to do a pretty much a normal show. We're going to do uh, some news, and then we're going to do some books of the week. Uh, and we're also going to bring on some... Uh, guests, uh, we have uh, one of the one of those original members who left the show. Uh, Brian Verderosa is sitting <laughs> in the back right now. He's one of the founding members of Talking Comics. He'll be taking up this this fourth mic at a certain point. And of course, Mr. Rob Newmeyer, uh, who is our kind of comic book uh, yeah. drug dealer, is here as well. Uh, and he'll be stepping on as well for for a little bit. Um, we also have got some. We got we have a little trivia game to play with you guys. Uh, some great great prizes donated by Tor Comics, uh, Escape Pod Comics, and Long Island Comics. Uh, some really great stuff. You guys see it over there. We got trades. We got single issues. 
Uh, so listen, anybody who came here tonight is going to walk away with, with a prize. Uh, but if you win the trivia, you get to choose what prize you get. Uh, also, um, when, after we take a little break, uh, we're going to basically open up to questions to everybody who's sitting out here right now. Uh, the only stipulation is when you ask a question, you have to come sit in the fourth chair and, and talk with us as a, as a host uh, of the podcast. Um, so that's what we have planned for today. And I got Stephanie will be on at some point. It's always kind of uh, an adventure with Stephanie when it comes to uh, getting her on the line. So when she when she's ready to go, we will get her on here and we'll we'll have a nice a nice it, chat. It is her birthday after all. Sort it, is, of. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is her birthday weekend. She's doing a. She's actually taking time. She. She organized this big birthday thing at a pub, and she's going to call in anyway and talk with us. So we're pretty excited uh, about that. Um, it wasn't her initial plan to do some date in September that didn't even exist. You know, uh, my yeah. party's on our, our podcast September thirty yeah, yeah. first or something. There was well, a, there was sorry, a, uh, there isn't one of those. A mix in communication. Yeah. Stephanie thought we were doing it on like the twenty seventh or something. Twenty yeah. 29th. Twenty ninth. Okay, so there you go. well, there is actually that in September. Yeah, there is an actual 29th of September. I'm um, wrong as usual. <laughs> So uh, we'll, we'll do it a little differently. Before we get to the news, let's talk about uh, some books. It's a short week. We, uh, m- people who are listening at home are hearing this on, on the usual day, but it's only Friday, so the books only came out a few days ago. Uh, so, Bob, why don't you start out? Give us an idea of your sure. books well, of the week. We start with two that are linked together. We've got New Avengers number 10, uh, mm. Infinity Crossover, and Infinity number 3 of 6. Oh, boy. Uh, Infinity is, of course, the bigger issue. We're dealing with all the large stories in Jonathan Hickman's giant space battle thing here. But we're starting to get into all the Black Bolt stuff. The Inhumans where will come forward in the Inhumanity, the pocket universe, Thanos' son. I don't want to... People are reading this in a lump, so I... I'm, I haven't read it, Bob. What are you yeah, doing? I know. I'm, try, I'm trying to be spoiler-free here, but believe me, <laughs> Most of these events don't work as well as they should, and this one is just knocking out of the park. There are four or five storylines going at once, mm-hmm. and they're all perfectly balanced. We get character development, and it's awesome. And I hate events, and I like <laughs> this one. Uh, New Avengers, though, we get tons and tons of it's Namor and Black Panther stuff. We're going back and forth. Steve, you're going to love this. Trust mm-hmm. me. I already love it. Yeah. Have you read that one? No, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't spoil this. Thing, it's so. only Friday. I am I am crippled for oh, a reading. Okay. I read in, two books. Okay, well, New Avengers. We also get the Doctor Strange stuff that yeah. started in the last issue. Where what's going to happen here? Well, he gets taken to a place mm. where the son of Thanos might be. That's true. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I actually I read a New Avengers number ten because I feel as if New Avengers number ten comes before Four. Infinity number three, oh. right? Yep. So that's why I I read it first. Uh, in you know John Hickman's very well laid out. Uh, checklist with the diamonds and the squares and the and the circles. Um, I, I I could could figure out that I should read New Avengers number ten first, and I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I it was not a smaller story obviously because it's a giant story, but it seemed to take its time a little bit more than the past issues have been taking their time because, like we've been talking about on the show, you know, ish, the uh, the previous issues we get seemingly huge events done in a very, very short order. Yeah, very crammed together. Yeah, exactly, which I've, I've enjoyed because I think that it's a, a change-up from the usual event structure. But this, it took its time on one particular idea, which was this, this inhuman secret uh, that ha- has been bubbling and boiling under the surface. And, of course, the Inhumans are going to take a center stage in the Marvel Universe you know, very, very soon. But I... I was surprised at how much we got in this issue and surprised 
it was much more of a new Avengers issue. Thank you very much, Mr. Schaefer. Um, <laughs> n- beer delivery. Uh, <laughs> um, it was much more of a new Avengers issue than the last one had been in the Infinity. You it know, seemed like a stuff. sidebar. Yeah, this seemed like we're back in. We're talking about the world incursions. We're talking about what could possibly be happening. Yeah, Wakanda Atlantis battles. Exactly, and those we had that great couple of quiet moments between Namor and T'Challa. Oh. Uh, those two panels with Namor talking about Atlantis being destroyed. Right. Namor's sitting at that meeting. Yeah, yeah. So that stuff I loved uh, quite a bit. I have not read Infinity Number Three yet. You'll enjoy. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I and will. And following on that is the other tie-in, which is Captain Marvel All 16, right. mm-hmm. which really follows up from what the last issue was: the escape from the ship. We have yeah. that whole battle going on. Tons of great Carol stuff here, of course. Uh, it is Kelly Sudakonic. Jan Van Meter, who is Mrs. Greg Rucka, if I remember correctly. I think that is correct. I think that's right. Occasionally I get these things right. Yeah. Um, you see so much of her in here. There are the bits from Avengers last time around, but now fleshed out. You see the between the panels mm-hmm. that now make what happened to her back in her own book, back in 14, which everyone loves so much, me yeah. included, really pay off. That sacrifice that she made is here. Granted, this whole event got in the middle of Captain Marvel continuity, and for some, that's been a glitch. Right, yeah. But to me, I think it really helps sell what she did because she still then goes off to do what she needs to do, Mm -hmm. and that's the sort of hero she is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I wanted to ask you a question. In Captain Marvel, uh, we get this binary (gasps) character, this form of the character, which I am not familiar with at all, and Bob has brought... X-Men number what? 164. Okay. Um, from 30-odd years ago. Writers on it? Hmm? With who are the, what's the creative Oh, it's team? Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum just okay. back. Though This would be his last issue. Paul Smith would take over. Uh, she was depowered in an Avengers annual that's, uh, actually, it's Avengers 200 that's very controversial where she ended up pregnant and give birth in a day from some character from some other dimension, and the Avengers let her go off with him. Hmm. Chris Claremont brought her back to fix it in Avengers Annual 10 that ends up with Rogue stealing her power. She's depowered, becomes part of the X-Men supporting cast, ends up being their liaison to the government and all that sort of spy stuff that Carol did, ends up in space and experimented on by the evil brood. We remember those alien-looking mm-hmm. bug guys, whatever. Yeah. And they tap into her powers and turn her into binary who can grab the, uh, the energy from black holes and singularities. And that's the... Genesis, at some level of what the power she has now, all those Princess Sparkle Fist stuff that's Mm. going on, (laughs) comes right from here. And she's got those at least for an issue or two. We'll see what happens when she comes home. Already in this issue, she's saying that she's getting farther away from the singularity, so she's losing uh, that power. But she is willing to use whatever power she has left to make the sacrifice. She'll, Mm -hmm. how many people need to die? It's war. Right. And, you know, the moment, though, near the end, it's the personal moment where I don't need my powers to pull everyone closer. That's what Carol's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's what really just continues to sell the crossovers into mm. this. It just, most of these crossovers mean nothing. Mm. I, did you guys, you read Thunderbolt and said it was okay? I haven't, he read, you, I read, read Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was unfortunately one of those ones where it was like the last page and a half that tied it very loosely. Ugh. It was like, oh my God, there's stuff going on. And... <laughs> Thanks, Laura. This happens too. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so I, I mean, like I said, with Thunderbolts, uh, I mean, we we haven't liked Thunderbolts since the first issue. It was this is true. it was a bomb for us. But um, Charles Soule has at least 
kind of rekindled the fire for it. It's far funnier than it used to be. I'm still not a huge fan of the art, but it definitely has more of a tongue-in-cheek, you know, anti-heroes kind of making fun of one another. And to me, that was enjoyable because I like watching, you know, characters poke fun. Yeah. And that's very much what it was about with, you know, some plot going on in the background. But for the most part, it seemed to be having fun with itself. And I, I enjoyed that part of it. But as far as it being uh, part of Infinity, perhaps the newest issue that came out this past Wednesday was a bigger part. But I have not yet had the uh, distinct pleasure of checking it out. Okay. Uh, the Mighty Avengers, which we didn't like much last week either, was one of those tie-ins that didn't tie in particularly well. Yeah, I mean, I I won't say I didn't like Mighty Avengers. I liked it. I just didn't love it. I just felt like the tie-in part was the part that was the weakest part of that story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, the the bits of it that were street level, Luke having coffee, yeah, yeah. really work great. Yeah. Uh, again, Captain Marvel. By the way, just we've been uh, told we don't talk about Arson. Pat O'Leaf mm. does Captain Marvel and is really really well done. It's, you know, a lot of artists on this book over the years. Everyone's managed mm-hmm. to capture what needs to be done. So if you haven't read Captain Marvel or this Infinity, read. Go ahead, Steve. Question. Sure. How is uh, spoilers? Are we? Well, how, what, what kind of spoiler are you doing here? Her condition. Oh, you can do that. It's direct. It's, it's, it's addressed directly. Yeah, it's it is. Her well. memories are gone. And, so you know, we're getting. All right. So we're getting right. to like the meat of that. Yeah. Okay. How she has to look up things in files to know who's who. Yeah. In her, right, in her team. Mm-hmm. But she's no longer like she's. Is she ebbing on the way of of caring about her group and, or is she still really disconnected? I think she cares because they're people. Okay. Which right. speaks to her as a person. Damn that Carol. Damn that Carol. But issue <laughs> 17 is coming. And you can see the cover at the end of the issue, what 17 is going to be. No. I'm already tearing up looking at what the cover of issue 17 is going to be. Okay? Bob loves Captain Marvel. Yeah. I love Captain Marvel. I'm sorry. But it's just a character that had gotten... I apologize. <laughs> no, it had been down in the dumps for years. The whole Ms. Marvel thing, and she's a drunk, and she's this, and she's that, just didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just took a new writer to take a look and revisit the entire issue. When we had Kelly Sue on the first time, she had gone all the way back you know, into the original Captain Marvel series in the 60s and figured it all out. So I am for that. So anyway, to Book of the Week, now that I did that for like 20 minutes. Dude, that is the cover that I posted for you. Liar. Yes, but that's... N- <laughs> Liar. Nobody yeah, can see... Not- nobody can see... Including the people who are here cannot see what you're talking about. <laughs> all right? Right. But that's not the cover I sent to you initially. Do you want to tell what you guys are talking about right now? Thunder Agents number two from IDW. Okay. Um, the alternate subscription cover is by Dave Sim, the creator of Cerebus. And it's a remake of an old Wally Wood cover from back in the 60s of Dynamo on the moon and whatever. And I sent it to Steve. And somewhere in the internet, in my email, the next cover is this cover. <laughs> but it's not the cover I sent to you. But I sent it to you today. <laughs> In about four times the normal size. It takes about eight emails. I'm going to forward you the old one. I saw the old one. It's this one. But it's not this one I wanted. So this is a great cover. By the way, this character, for those of you who are rock and roll fans, this is the Iron Maiden. And she was the Iron Maiden before Eddie and Bruce Dickinson and all those guys. That's her. That's, she's not the torture device or you know, the rock band. She's the Iron Maiden. And she's a very bad person who we discover in this issue has a secret we didn't know for the last 45 years. Whoa. With spy stuff, you know, spies keep things secret from even their subordinates. Uh, we left last issue Dynamo falling out of an airplane, and he activated his thunderbelt as if that was going to help, and he falls into a giant crater. 
but survives. I mean, you do. You're a superhero, right? <laughs> Stuff happens. Uh, they're on a mission to the mountain base of the Iron Maiden. She's got all their technology. She's going to do bad things on Earth, and she has alien help to go with everything else. We're seeing those from the nameless ones from back in the 60s. It's a great, fun spy superhero mashup. It's very 60s, 70s sort of art and storytelling. A little bit of extra stuff sliced in. It's only two issues in. If people are interested in things like that beyond what regular superhero stuff is, there's a lot of fun stuff in Thunder Agents. And it's Phil Hester, Andrea DeVito on the art, and does a great job of replicating what was Wallywood and Dan Atkins, who actually, Dan Atkins, who passed away just last year, we did him in our In Memoriam mm -hmm. issue, He's actually a character this time around. He's one of the Thunder Agent spies. He's Dynamite Dan Atkins, which was what Stan used to call him in the, when he'd ink Doctor Strange issues. He was Dynamite Dan Atkins. So Thunder Agents number two, everybody. Take a shot. All right. I'm good to go. You're good to go. Good Indeed. to go. This is shorter than usual. Um, Steve, what do you got for us? All right, let's see. What do I have? It's been a, a it's, it's only Friday, so... There was very little time. Stop making excuses. Just talk about the books I anywhere. can make all the excuses. <laughs> oh, I know. I we like don't it. believe them, but you can make all the ones you'd like. <laughs> come on, come on. All right, let's see. Uh, I, after your your rousing and stirring review of Daredevil, oh, yes. it was the first book that I had to pick up because you, you mentioned something about a final page. Yeah. And um, We won't I, spoil it, don't worry. I, we won't, no, we won't. <laughs> but um, it's... That final page is just to me. It's a it's a tribute to how good this book is, because of the the villain that we're now dealing with, because of the circumstances that we're dealing with. The, the to me the whole issue was what if we're as readers, what if we're wrong, mm -hmm. you know, um, trickery and all these things that you can't trust anything that happens in this issue. And with as shocking as an ending as it is, I still don't know if what's going on is going on, mm -hmm. and the fact that I have to wait a whole month to find out really kind of jazzes me. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful series. Uh, so Daredevil 31, good stuff. Oh, man, it's great. It really is. It's great. I opened it up, and it starts out with the, uh, spoiling, but it starts out with the, the, talking about Foggy's cancer. And in, in, and in the shop, I said, well, I think I'm probably going to cry oh. in this issue. And I didn't cry. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> that kind of ending, but it was definitely one of those things where it wasn't the ending I expected. I expected it to be a... An emotional issue, but not an issue that dealt with such a giant revelation. And the, the revelation, you know, set me on the on the floor I, when I, when I got to it. My jaw was <laughs> on the ground when I got to it. Fetal. Yeah, I had something. Like, I was like turning back the book, looking at the pages to. Is where's this, where's could, the clue? Could this really yeah. be? Could this be that? And it was just well. Whew. Mark Wade loves to do that thing where he he distracts you, and Daredevil is always away when the most tragic things in his life mm -hmm. happen, and. It's one of those issues. Yeah. And you know, he's off doing an adventure and you're distracted by the matter at hand and paying very little attention mm -hmm. to what's happening in the background. And it's one of those issues where it hits you right at the end and we're left with one of the biggest cliffhangers of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, excellent stuff. Uh, as far as other books, I've been delving into... Things that I've had on the shelves, uh, I've been pulling things out from my, my trades and hardcovers uh, shelf. And one of the things that I pulled out and started reading, uh, it's huge. It's Alan Moore's uh, From Hell. And awesome. It has, uh, awesome. Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. I'm only about meh, 40 pages into this gigantic thing. But I just wanted to, to mention the, the impact that it's had on me so far. I've 
Never really read a lot of Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I've, I've read something of his Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen? Okay, yeah, I've read Watchmen. <laughs> Killing Joke. <laughs> Killing, Joke. Killing Joke as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's something very uh, filthy and dirty and just, uh, it gets, this book, I'm only 40 pages into it and it already gets under your skin. Between the politics, the ladder climbing, mm-hmm. the just the atmosphere, the art, that harsh, like black and white, lots of lines, lots of old, almost like political comic type of art mm-hmm. that it's, I mean, it's a, it's a devastating story. Well, for those who don't know, From Hell is what the, the movie with Johnny Depp was based on. It's, it's Jack the Ripper. Yes. And he gets into all the political things that the police were going on at the time where there were riots that the police did nothing about. Right. And now you're dealing with, okay, a society crumbling around, and now there's this murder in this downtrodden neighborhood. They want help. Right. Can't get any. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen, I've seen the movie, and I, I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. I saw it, you know, way, I haven't seen it in years, but I saw it way back, and I liked it. But I, I remember who supposedly the Ripper is, but as far as his name, as far as whatever, mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's been so long, I don't remember. So I'm left not trusting anyone that I'm introduced to. You shouldn't. No, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And that's what I'm liking about it because it's like it's a whodunit where I'm already supposed to know the ending because I've seen the movie, but the book feels so much more it's got so much more depth to it. It's got so much more going on. I mean, they you can't when you're watching the movie, you can't spend all of that time picking apart no. the politics and all the behind the scenes stuff that lead to the murders and blah blah blah. This book does and it puts you in a prime position to be really skeeved yeah. out. And I had to take a shower after the first like, 40 <laughs> no, it, pages. It, it's honestly as good a reference material about the Ripper murders as most of the books that have been written. You still have to make your own conclusion because it's all over the map as to yeah. who's who, but that's a great way to begin. Uh, absolutely. So uh, another thing happened this week, uh, something really cool. While doing Talking Comics, we've made a lot of friends. We've you know contacted people all over the world and... Every so often, somebody wants to show their appreciation for what we do and when it happens. It's really quite incredible. I'm coming up my steps the other night to my place about two nights ago, and I almost tripped over it. It was a box sitting on my steps, and I knew it was coming, but I didn't expect it to come so soon. Uh, I'm so sorry. I can't remember his his first name, but his name on Twitter is at Fung, F-U-N-G. He basically, we had a somewhat of like a list of shame mm-hmm. where we were talking about books that we'd never read or runs that we've never read that we should have. Yeah. And one of my things was Astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon. And when he had heard that I didn't, haven't read this yet, he basically freaked out and said, I have extras. I'm going to send them to you. Wow. Do what you will with them after you read them, gift them, keep them, whatever. So this arrived and uh, I was basically sitting sitting somewhere and he's not even in the room anymore, so I can't point him out. Uh, my friend Brendan, we were sitting around, and I needed to kill time. I started reading Astonishing X-Men uh, from the beginning. I'm only about four and a half issues in, and it's easily one of the best X-Men stories I've ever read. Oh. Uh, it deals with the, the cure. Somebody, uh, Dr. Rao, coming up with a cure for mutinism. Okay, what ends up in X-Men 3. Right, yeah. and there's a villain yeah. behind it. There's an alien villain Less behind it. about the better, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of like smoke and mirrors for what's going on, but... The the banter between characters is like completely Joss Whedon, completely the characters as wow. well, and it's just it's a real tribute to how he gets in there. And you know, you have the whole Buffy thing, Angel, and all these the Scooby Gang, and where he has great you know 
personal interactions between characters, very like enriching mm-hmm. them and stuff. He does that right off of the bat with Astonishing X-Men. Like he, he definitely did his research. He read up on people and he went into it full throttle. I mean, one of the opening things is uh, Kitty Pride runs into Emma and Emma's kind of giving her a hard time for being late. And she's like, well, at least I remember to put on all my clothes. Nice. And <laughs> that's, that is completely and totally a Joss Whedon move. Yeah. You know, so I'm already jazzed because I love him. I love his work and I'm reading it and I'm, I'm excited because I'm reading a Joss Whedon X-Men. But the story itself is so intense and there's a lot of, like a lot of it happens at night, which kind of casts like a really dark glow over the whole thing. And uh, I I tend to like dark things and dark themes, and I'm just surprised that it's not all bright and cheery. That it's actually the circumstances are they're harsh, and it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful story. I can't wait. I have one through twenty four at my you know leisure, so I'm I'm gonna go through this as fast. Who does as the I art can. on this? Uh, John Cassidy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So should I? I'm going to move on, but should I talk about my my old book? Or are we going to save that? Uh, we can. We'll talk. We can talk about it. Let's talk about it. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, the one thing about the Cassandra X Men thing, I've read the first arc, the Gifted arc. I believe yeah. is one, the one you're reading right now, right? Yeah. Uh, but a couple, the, the last Brood and Boarded we did, I don't even know if it was even on the stream or it was after the stream. I mentioned having not read them, and it was like I had performed a heel turn in wrestling. People just, everyone started booing me. Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was insistent. He was like, I, you're going to get this in the mail. Mm-hmm. You're going to read it, and you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and as soon as I took it out of the box, I started reading it. Yeah. And uh, I'm in love with it already. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. it is. It's really great. All right, so <laughs> two years ago, when we first started this, uh, this little project, Talking Comics, we started with the DC New 52, and we were all assigned, we all got to pick a number of books. It was uh, Bobby, myself, our good friend Brad, and of course, Brian, yes. who's in the back of the room. Yeah. He's OG, talking comics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we didn't know, I, I, I picked Catwoman, I picked Batwoman, but among the ones that I did choose, I chose Resurrection Man, number one, uh, Stormwatch, number one. Brian was actually there. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian was there for the turn of Stormwatch. I did not enjoy Stormwatch when I first started it. And Brian had come over to my house just to like hang out, talk comics, and do whatever. And it was a Wednesday, so we, we had gone to the shop and we picked up our new books. And I'm reading, I believe it was issue number five. And there was a turning point in the series where it all started to come together mm-hmm. and all of these things. And I, like, in the middle of the book... I like leapt up in my seat and Brian's like, he just was star. was like, what the hell is going on with you? You hate this book. And I was like, dude, this book is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I did not hang on to the book after they changed writers and whatnot. It was going in a good direction, but then it got far too big with characters that I was only half attached to. So I dropped it. But uh, one of the things that I've been known on talking comics for ab- outright hating and not giving good reviews is uh, the fury of firestorm, the nuclear men, number one, yeah, Brian's Ooh. laughing. Uh, I decided out of all the books, I half liked Stormwatch and Resurrection Man. I wanted to read one that I absolutely loathed in the beginning and read it two years later and get a new perspective on it. And I got to tell you... Well, cover I'm, your damn head, folks. I'm going to admit to it. Um, it's written by Gail Simone and... And Ethan Van Schreiber. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And now that I know... Gail Simone's, he helped plot and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. now that I know Gail Simone's voice, I know more of her work. 
uh, I went back and I read it today, and I quite like I I liked it. Like hmm. it was I know, and it's still very jarring to me. Like you have to you have to appreciate that before we started talking comics, I was really only reading Lenore and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Batman. Those were my only That's a exposure. Nice mix. Yeah. So that was really my only exposure to comics. So something that starts off with the first couple of pages of a like an in-home invasion with people killing entire families and slitting throats in front of children, like this was a huge thing for me that I was not used to. And it's no wonder that I didn't care for it in the beginning. Uh, and not to mention you have you have like race issues going on and weird like nerds versus jocks kind of thing and it was just not something that I identified with and I I I did not like it. Hmm. I read it today and it's not bad. It's still got all of that stuff there, but because I've gotten to know Gail Simone, the voice of it and the way that it carries throughout is much cooler than it was when I had absolutely no perspective. Mm-hmm. So I fully admit to that. <laughs> and that's my that's we, my confession. We'll be picking out the rest. You know, buying some more? No. No, okay. No. Trades? No. No, okay. No, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give it that I enjoy the first issue, but I'll, <laughs> I'll move on. But my, uh, my really one and only book of the week, because it's really the only thing that I read, is uh, Zero Number One by Alesh Cott, with uh, art by Michael Walsh and colors by Jordi Belair. Uh, Zero Number One has been, it's been hyped for a while. I, I, I follow Leshcott on the, on the Twitters and, uh, slightly <laughs> friendly with him. He's a really cool guy, but he's a really peculiar guy. And if you follow him, he's very political, he's very outspoken, and he just always says what he feels, and he's been hyping this book for a while. I picked it up, and it's good. Essentially, what it is, is it's a piece of technology that has been embedded inside of a soldier's chest, and... Both sides, both evil and evil, two different sides of the, the evil. evil coin, <laughs> want this technology, and they send this like embittered soldier after this technology, and it's two superpowered beings basically fighting one another throughout the entire comic, and you get the narrative of this guy in search of this technology, who's basically following a couple paces behind, watching this fight unfurl. And it's really brutal. It's very. It's got a lot of movement to it. It's really cool, uh, but it's just filled with disgusting, evil people and and people that even though the balance of all of humanity hangs in front of them, they couldn't. Not that they couldn't care less, but their attention span for what's actually happening is quite disheartening for the you know the betterment of mankind. And it's uh, just a really, really sinister side of politics within militarism. Mm -hmm. And it's completely something that he would write and Mm -hmm. something that he would do. And uh, it's off to a really, really, like, you could use the word tantalizing. It's a new one. You could maybe the first time. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a really interesting start. It's very harsh. It's very bloody. But it's, it's got a really cool narrative to it. And I like the idea of this guy who has no powers being a player within this huge superhuman battle and excuse me, and coming out of it on not only unscathed, but just like a Fox, just like moving Mm -hmm. in and out of it and procuring what he needs to do, waiting till the end and, and doing what he needs to do. So really cool stuff. So it's, is it more straight? It's more straightforward than like change or wild children is. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, change, uh, change. I've read change twice and I still don't understand it. Right. He held a, like a, not the symposium, but what the hell he held a, a meeting of the minds, okay. if you will, a, a talk, a Q and a about it. Mm -hmm. And I wish I, I could have gone, but yeah, no, this is definitely something more straightforward from him. I think when he jumped onto suicide squad for that short bit, that he used that leverage to, to kind of hype this up and make people aware of it. And so far it's gotten, you know, huge acclaim from some really big names across the board. Like he got tweeted a lot on awesome. Wednesday. Uh, people really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely up for another issue and see what happens. Awesome. Indeed. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, um, so I've spent most of my time, I read uh, Lex Luthor, uh, number one, which I believe is Charles Soule. It uh, is. As well. Uh, really, really liked it a lot. You know, uh, Lex Luthor is obviously the center of the Forever Evil event that's happening, you know, right now. And interestingly enough, as kind of, if not the number one villain in the DC Universe, at least the number two villain in the DC mm -hmm. Universe, you'd expect him to be at the forefront of this Forever Evil movement, which, you know, is basically the heroes are gone, the villains have now taken over the world, but Lex is not there. Lex is on the opposite side. Lex is... I, this is not what I want. If anybody's going to rule the world, I'm going to rule the world. You know, not these other guys who just show up out of nowhere. Yeah, the heck with this crime syndicate. Exactly, stuff. exactly. I don't want the world to end. I just, I want to be in charge of all of it, you know. So uh, that's the story I think we're going to get with Lex from now on. This, this issue, though, is kind of before what we see in Forever Evil. So we're not dealing with Lex post that moment in Forever Evil where he's, you know, bemoaning Superman not being there. This is Lex. I just got out of prison and things are just starting to uh, fall apart around him and starting to acclimate back to, to where he is. Um, and I I really enjoyed it. I, I, Charles Soule is a writer I don't know that much about because he, you know, Strange Attractors, which Steve has loved and I also liked a lot. Um, and also, he's taking over Snyder on Swamp Thing, which is a is a is a tall order to take over Scott Snyder uh, on anything, right? So he's really impressed me there. Um, and in fact, both the books I'm going to talk about are are his books. Lex Luthor was an impressive take on the character and did not feel uh, like other writers I I really respect, like Matt Kintz for uh, for every little work. Uh, I didn't read uh, Harley Quinn, but his Deadshot uh, issue, which I like Deadshot, love that character felt a little bit um, a little bit like I don't I don't need to have read this to know what's gonna happen next uh, I'm not gonna use Stephanie's word yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> the you word yeah however I felt like Lex Luthor was a great primer especially because I feel as if Lex Luthor in this current DC continuity has been a little schizophrenic as far as what what's he's been doing he's been in jail he's been out of jail he's been He's been all over the map, and, and this seems to be centering him back to a, a kind of strict Lex Luthor type plot, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, however, it was nothing compared to how much I liked, uh, how much I loved uh, Arcane, which was Swamp Thing 23.1, which is Charles Soul again, dealing with you know Swamp Thing villain number one, Anton Arcane, and the fallout from Rot World where he's been kind of banished away. He's not the avatar of the of the Rot anymore. He's in a hell, but Anton Arcane's hell is not fire and brimstone and everything dead. Anton Arcane's hell is nothing dies. Everything is always flowery. Everything is always beautiful. Everything is always sunny. So we get to see what his hell would be like. And, and in this 
this moments where he's tr- there's this bunny, and this is the very beginning of the, the issue, where he kills this little bunny, and he says, if I just stare at it and I don't blink, it has to rot, because everything rots. And it's this similar hell scenario we get, but instead of he, you know, he's, his focus shifts and his head gets chopped off or the, the thing that he loves dies, the bunny is all of a sudden back to life. And w- the issue deals with Abigail Arcane coming and being like, trying to get answers out of Anton about, about her mother. And so it's a really great interaction between those two characters. And it, it was a, it, much like the Green Arrow uh, Villains Month issue, does not deal at all with the events of what's happening in, in the main DC continuity as far as Forever Evil, but it deals deeply with a singular character, I think, very, very uh, effectively. So I, I, I just I, I, I really, really loved it. And those two books stood out to me more than anything else. Um, I, I like Battle uh, of the Atom, obviously. I, I thought that was it was a good issue, and we talked about Daredevil a, a little bit already. We did. Which is every... You know, every week, every month it comes out, it's my favorite book, pretty much tied with Batman and Hawkeye. Those are the three books that always floor me, and I feel repetitive and to keep talking about how, how <laughs> good they are. Uh, as far as I mentioned to you, the reason you read those books, those old books, was because I said, Steve, hey, why don't you check out some of the books that you, you first read, you, you first reviewed? And I went back and looked at my first reviews, and my first review was Justice League, uh, <laughs> number one, uh, the first New 52 book, and... Rereading the, the book and rereading the review, uh, I kind of st- actually stand by the review that I that I gave it uh, in a lot of ways because it it doesn't function very well as a first issue or as an issue of a book that you've been reading for a long time. It, it falls in some weird uh, middle ground, and I, I said in that issue stick with it because the team is very good, and you know Jeff Johns is a great writer, and eventually it will be really good. And lo and behold, we're two years later, and it has been really really good for about. A year now, so uh, I feel a little vindicated in, in writing that until I feel to spend their money <laughs> on the issue. Um, yeah, and so yeah, that's when I, w- I went back and revisited that. I mean, there's a lot of books that we talked about and a lot of books that are gone now. It's so funny. I go back and look at those first, those first couple of weeks and the first month of the of the website because there's reviews for you know Men of War number one. And How did that go over? Not very well. Brad did not like that book very much at all. Um, it's poop. Yeah, it's poop. Brad's stamp of poop. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's funny, and the reviews are very very short, and it's just it's just it's just a very it's a very different world looking back at, at those issues. And here we are at issue 100, still talking about our books and and figuring all this stuff out. And you know, it's funny. I feel like then we didn't really know what we were doing. That's what I was saying about yeah. Firestorm. Like, yeah, 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 I, had yeah, yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah. And no, we still don't know what we're doing, really, now. No. But uh, we at least can fake it a little better. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as you can fake sincerity, you're good to go. Exactly, exactly. I'm yeah. very good at faking sincerity. <laughs> Just ask my girlfriend. Um, uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. Uh, ba-dum-bum. Uh, where's the drummer one? <laughs> yeah. uh, so... Uh, Stephanie will be joining. She said about nine o'clock, and we're we're we're, we're ebbing towards nine o'clock. But I thought possibly maybe we could uh, ask a trivia question before we uh, she gets on. Just a general trivia no, question. No, one of your one of your wonderful we, okay. one of your wonderful boards. Well, then we need to start passing out forms. Oh, we need to pass out things, the forms. Yeah. Come on, you're behind on the. On I, the I didn't know. All right, so pass out the forms. Um, oh, Brian will Brian will do it for us. So we have a little trivia here going, guys. So basically, what's going to happen here? We're going to do a little Jeopardy, uh, a little comic book Jeopardy. Um, now, the deal here is, guys, it's going to be on the honor system, okay? You guys are going to write down your answers, and you're going to score yourselves. 
and the people with the highest scores will get to pick what books they want from our pile first. Uh, we are trusting you guys, so please do not uh, inflate your scores in any, in any sort of way or means. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this is a little different. It's a little different, yeah. A little different. <laughs> a little different. So, wonderful listeners who have joined us uh, uh, on the show. Um, what books have you guys been liking this week? Anybody reading anything? Yell it out, guys. I also read Star Wars the X Men this week. Oh, really? Carolyn, Carolyn Coco, who was yeah, the former Carolyn. guest on the show, on the Wonder Woman panel for the guys who listen to women in comics. This is her right here. Face to the, face to the name and voice. Astonishing X Men. All right. A little more astonishing X Men. Anybody else reading anything they're loving right now? Come on, guys. Oh, Jackie finished the killing joke. So if you guys listen to the podcast, you hear a few times we'll say, oh, we got our friend Jackie to start reading comics by giving her lock and key. That is Jackie uh, right there. Uh, <laughs> I talk about this guy right oh, here. Oh, it's B-Man. Yeah. It's B-Man. This, oh. is, uh, this is Brendan. Camera down. <laughs> uh, so we're about to get the trivia started, man. Take yeah. a seat. Yeah. And uh, guys, also, if you guys listen to our show, I'm also on another podcast with this gentleman who's sitting right in front of you. This is Jeff Schaefer, host of the Man Cave Podcast. Yeah, Jeff! Which I am also on. Um, so if you like things other than comic books, that's a good podcast to listen to. <laughs> where, should, where should we start with uh, comic book Jeopardy? Golden yeah. Age, Silver Age? Just call it out. Just call it out. You can say, sitting. We're not, we're not ready yet. We're not ready, we're not ready yet, apparently. This is how to, whoa, whoa, whoa. We went out. We're back. All right. Sorry about that. All right, all right. What's up? That's fine. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, just call out. We'll see what, what category. Call out the categories, Bob. Golden age, silver age, modern age, creators, movies, and television. Let's do uh, Bob. Let's do television for one hundred. Start out easy. Television. Thirty seconds. No, no, no you gotta write it down. No, you gotta write it down. What the heck is wrong with you? Why would we give you a pen and paper if you're just supposed to shout it out? We decided against that. <laughs> we'll add up the scores at the end before we get to our break. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all the honor system. So, television for 100. And remember... We need one minute. Bob, uh, Brian still handing stuff out. Okay. Of course, the, the response should be in the form of a question. No, I, no we're not. We're not. Mm -hmm. Since we're writing it down, we're not doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Annie Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Do Helen Keller on your way through the room, will you? <laughs> nice job. You're the worst. <laughs> Just walk around the room with it. We're, We're doing go. it live. We're doing it live. That's live TV, live radio. Doesn't go thing. off without a hitch, guys. <laughs> this is the most editing I'm ever going to have to do on a Talking Comics podcast. Nah, we're fine. Second most. But Peter was on. I had to do a little bit of editing. Well, that whole poutine thing, that was one of the yeah. highlights in the history missed. of talking So comedy. when uh, Peter David was on our show, uh, we interviewed him. He was actually in the, in the house with us. Uh, it was before we really had the whole interview format laid down <laughs> yeah, and say. figured out. And so Peter talked for about, with Stephanie for about, whew, I don't know. 40 minutes? 40 45. minutes about poutine. Uh, French fries with gravy so, for yeah, 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but it was good poutine it, talk. Yeah, it was good poutine talk, but you know. Meanwhile, he only wanted to come for a half an hour. He did 40 minutes on french fries. Okay. Go figure. Kyle, just so you know, that doesn't have the, p- the plate on it, so it won't fit in. As soon as you yeah, point it towards us, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just going to yeah, It's fine. Um, Is everybody ready? Everyone penned up and order formed up? Brian, okay. are we good to go? We are good. Okay, go ahead. Television for 100. Before starring as TV Superman, this actor's screen debut was in Gone with the Wind. So I could write that answer down. Bob, ask it one more time. Before starring as TV Superman, this actor's screen debut was in Gone with the Wind. That's your 100, Bob. That's my 100. <laughs> I don't want to know what your 500 is. <laughs> this is uh, this is Bob Light. Bob, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys do not know. You guys have no you have idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the Earl of Sandwich? Woo! Let's go for that again. Huh? All right. So Stephanie is ready. We're gonna, we're gonna give Stephanie a call right now. Okay. It's happening right now. See how this goes. It was blaringly loud to start out with, guys. I'm sorry. All right, I'm just going to apologize right now. Um, so it's ringing. No, thanks. Let's see if she answers. She told me to give her a call, so I'm giving her a call. <laughs> Holy crap, here she is. Stephanie Cook, welcome to the Talking Comics 100th episode. Yeah. Woohoo! Hey! <laughs> uh-huh. How you doing, can Steph? Can you hear me? Yeah, we yes, can hear we you. we can. I can kind of hear you guys. Yeah, so it's a, well, it's a little bit tough because we can't hook it up like normal. So you're hearing us through the webcam. So, um, so Stephanie, uh, what are you doing right now? I am at my birthday celebration, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a drink or two, and I am feeling good. Nice, well, nice. You, so it's you sort might of hear like... background noise. I'm in a stairwell. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Reverb. Keeping it classy. Yeah. Keeping it classy. <laughs> As always, keeping it classy. Yeah. Drinking wine always. in a stairwell is very classy, I'm thinking. That's you might you might hear <laughs> drunk people passing, so you know, keep that in mind. So Stephanie, have you uh have you read anything this week? I'm thinking no, but Pardon? Have you read anything this week? Uh if I lie and say yes. Well then you have to lie about what you read. Okay, no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten there. I have been busy. How Things was your actual happening. birthday? Yeah, I, I went out. It was exciting. I, I went out with Oma yesterday, who, like, Aww. yeah, she basically just got really excited about things for me and then, like, was like, she's like, oh, Stephanie, is that a new lipstick? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And then she'd be like, oh, because I don't like it. Oh. Like, <laughs> So just so you know, you got on the phone and Steve left. It was funny. He walked out of the room, Stephanie. Steve, Steve left when you, as soon as you called. He just walked out of the room. He's like, I don't want to talk what? to this girl. I'm out of here. No. Um, I'm going to turn her up a little bit. There we go. So, Stephanie, why don't you tell us, uh, you were not an original member of Talking Comics. I'm not. No, but... Uh, how has your experience been so far for the last year and a half? I'm hoping that you've liked it. Horrible. <laughs> um, I mean, I love you guys. You guys have like become like my family. I mean, <laughs> I kind of got in touch with all of you. I mean, I didn't know you or Bob, mm-hmm. but I'd become friends with Steve during my Canadian exile uh, on Prince Edward Island. It's like Elba, and- but, you know, no Napoleon. I can only sort of hear you guys, so if I'm not responding to your witty banter or, you know, comments. <laughs> it was a good one, too, yeah. Steph. I'm 
sorry. Mm-hmm. But I'm laughing in my heart of hearts that I probably heard your comments. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I got sort of introduced to all of you guys through Steve, who'd been my like buddy pal and shenanigans. And I mean, I think you guys, if you've been listening since we started or, you know, I started on the show, I kind of used to be super like nervous every time we did the show. Like it was kind of like, oh my God, am I going to make a fool of myself? And now it's kind of just like, I'm still making a fool of myself, but I don't care. <laughs> so it's I charming. Mean, so. <laughs> so a spastic charming. Yes. A spa- yeah, exactly. Let's, <laughs> we quoted that last year. We coined it last week, yeah. last year. <laughs> so, I mean, this has been so great for me. Like, I, I love, I look forward to doing this show every week, you know, I'll, like schedule permitting. And um, it keeps me up to date with comics. And you guys have become like such good friends. And I love hearing from all of our fans and people who listen to our show. And like, it still baffles me when I come to conventions and I meet you know, all these amazing people who listen to our show. I think Frankie's there tonight. He is. Frankie and, is there. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's so awesome to put a face to um, these people who interact with us every week. And it's just like, wow, really? Like, you listen to what? What? <laughs> what? Like, it still feels so um, small to me. But, you know, huzzah yeah. stuff. Huzzah. <laughs> It does, right? Because, you know, we do the podcast the exact same way we did it the first ever time we did it. We sit in my kitchen uh, with microphones that you're seeing right now set up, and we talk into them, and Stephanie's over Skype. This is, you know, how it happens. So it's amazing and humbling to have, when we speak, what seems like into the void sometimes, have something come back. And uh, whether it's, it's agreeing with us or disagreeing with us, it's... It, it really does baffle me that yeah. people care about the things that we have to say <laughs> about comic books. Uh, and it, it's really wonderful and, and amazing. Yeah. A feelings. feelings. There's so much yeah. feelings. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, we have this little yeah. community that we've... Uh, we had nothing to do with it. It just grew like Topsy, but it yeah. is just so amazing that people would come distances to be here with us tonight. Yeah, wow. we have people from... Uh, Guy, we have Baltimore. We have where else? Where else? Anybody else from far away from New York? Anybody else? Oh, the Bronx. Hey, Bronx is the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because we, uh, we, I even have people who I went to high school with and have fallen out of touch with, honestly, who now listen to the show, and that's how we stay in contact. I mean, Andrew, who I think is actually here, hidden somewhere in the back. There he is. Uh, we, <laughs> I went to high school with Andrew. I drove him to school every day, senior uh-huh. year of high school. And uh, we, have, we did not speak very often anymore. And last year at Comic-Con, he was there. And we're sitting in one of the panels. I think it was the DC panel. And I'm talking about what I liked about Batman. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. I heard it on the show. And oh, it's that's just, so cool. It's a crazy thing. And I never went to Andrew and said, Andrew, hey, listen to my podcast. You know, He did it on his own. And that, that's an amazing thing when you start to see kind of the tentacles going out and and coming into people's lives. So Yeah, it's so funny. Like, here in Toronto, I think I told Bobby this story, but a friend of mine, um, he was listening to our show, and he messaged me out of the blue and was like, so I was listening to this, like, Man of Steel review, and, you know, I listened to the whole thing, and I got to the end, and 
this girl was like, oh, yeah, I saw it in Toronto with the silver snail people. And I was like, what? I was with the silver snail people. And then he's like, and then I realized that it was you. <laughs> and it's so funny, like, how it kind of picks up with, you know, people that you know. And it's like this crazy cool network. Yeah, we, we call that the movie that shall not be named, Stephanie. We do not say uh, the name of Man of Steel anymore on the podcast. Um, well, beep it out. Beep it out. Yeah. <laughs> See, I said something so vastly inappropriate. <laughs> Everyone will beep you. Yeah. Um, so we got a question, actually. This is from uh, Jake Tanner. Uh, he wrote into us. He says, what are some of your favorite moments from TC Podcasts of the past? It could be guests, discussions, or even just banter amongst your co-hosts. Steve, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I mean, one of the one of the interviews that put us on the map and was one of our. I mean, we've had so many great guests, but one of the first ones was uh, Scott Snyder. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he came on. We yelled at him, and he, he came onto the show, <laughs> talked Batman with us, mm -hmm. and was just a super super nice guy. Yeah. And uh, decided to share it with everybody. And as you know, Scott Snyder is a Huge. He's got. He's got a lot of pull. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a small way to put it. Yeah. So it was really. Uh, it was quite cool to have him on the show because for me personally, I mean, that was that was the moment where it felt more than more than real, more than it had been before that. That the writer of Batman was, you know, prepared to to come on to the show and talk with us. And uh, it had actually been my birthday when I ran into him at Fourth World Comics. And he signed my Batman number five, which is still one of my favorite comics that I own to this day. And it was just so cool for him to be so like, oh, I've heard of you guys. I've, I've read your reviews. I, I know exactly who you are. And to hear Scott Snyder say that and for him to be right there and he's with his kids and he took the time to talk to me and everything. He's like, yeah, I'd love to. And I was just kind of like, okay, Batman, <laughs> come on to the show. Why not? You know, if you can find time in your busy crime-fighting schedule yeah. <laughs> to talk to, you know, to four people that, that love your work. And, I mean, that's one of my favorite interviews and favorite moments, just when I, I felt that we had moved on to the next the next level and the next, the next tier mm -hmm. in, you know, this little comic collective that we had formed. And that was just so much fun. Yeah, it was. And it's funny. You know, we, we had that interview, and... We do these things, and it's tough for us to know who's listening, and it's also, I think, tough for people in the outside to gauge kind of what our, our numbers are. I'm not sure if that's definitely making noises or that's just something happening in the background. there's a dragon in her stairwell. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, to you guys to gauge like how many people listen to us while you're listening to the show. You know, you guys listen to it, and it's very important to you, but at that time, we were very, very small. Like, we, we had, you know, we, we would struggle to hit 100 listeners a week, you know, at, at that point, and, and that... that interview was the thing that took us to the next level as far as people knowing who we were just incidentally from, from Scott. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing moment. Um, Stephanie, do you have any uh, favorite Talking Comics moments? Um, I mean, obviously other than those shows kind of when I started to get more comfortable and all that, um, I think for me, um, some of the shows that kind of really... Um, you know, hit it home for me. Or like Kelly Sudaconic was one of our favorite people. <laughs> um, and wait, one second, right there. There's like people coming to my birthday, and I'm like trying to direct them subtly. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so um, 
yeah, like Kelly Sudakonic was like a really cool guest for us to have right off the bat because she was one of the first females we had. And she just really, um, she was just such a like engaging guest. And she was kind of one of the first ones to, you know, really just carry the conversation herself. And, you know, we didn't even have to ask things. And it was just, it was like listening to the show ourselves. Like, you know, it was, it was just such a incredible experience. And I think too, um, another show that I had the most fun on was us doing our best of lists for the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, all of us like bitterly yelling at each other and being like, (laughs) Ah, no, Monic is the best. For like and five like, hours, no, too. Yeah. But like whittling it down to this list where we all could agree on, but like, you know, subtly being like shaking our fists and stuff and, you know, just like coming to terms with it. It was like both frustrating and amazing all at the same time. Perfect. Yeah. I and agree I with you. think there's those shows when we don't all necessarily agree with something that are kind of, um, extra fun and extra special in a way because we still kind of work past it um, to do these lists and to come up with, you know, things we love together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Stephanie, um, we're going to let you go because I don't want to keep you from your birthday anymore. People are showing up. You have friends going there. But thank you so much for popping on with us and talking with us. I'm sorry I can't be there, guys. Like, I really... Oh, I miss you all. <laughs> it's all right. We and understand. You're up in the in Canada land. We totally understand. But hopefully, hopefully we'll all get to do something for New York. Yeah, New yeah. York Comic Con. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's still all up in the air, but happy 100th show. I will raise a glass to you guys. Um, thank you all who came out to the event live. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Medical you. you got happy birthdays uh, coming in for you, Steph, from the audience. Oh, thank you. I keep looking at the speaker like it's a person, too, guys, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> we should have put a picture over uh, Yeah, we should have yeah. put a picture of 70 states on the speaker. I keep looking like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> over there at the speaker. Good times. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much okay. for coming. And uh, we couldn't have done without you, so enjoy right. your birthday. Happy birthday, have Steph. Day. Have fun. Bye. 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 All right, yay, we got Stephanie on the show. It happened. It happened, guys. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a break right now, let people uh, use the bathroom, uh, hang out, maybe get another drink. Uh, we'll come back, and we will uh, start involving you guys in the show, get you guys up uh, up the seat, ask more trivia questions. All right, so we'll be back right after this. Guys, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're back, and we, we brought on uh, Mr. Brian Verderosa, uh, one of the founding members of Talking Comics. So, Brian, I want to ask you a, a question. You did a podcast called Fanboy Remix with myself and Bob. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but myself for about three years, and Jackie. But Jackie's not sitting here on the panel, all right? Ish. Um, uh, we, Brian did this podcast with me about three years. About 30 people listen to that podcast every week. <laughs> Brian decides, if you're going to do a successful podcast, I can't do this, I'm out of here. After <laughs> five episodes? He did 100 episodes. Well, we did 100 episodes of that podcast, by the way. Yes, we did. 100 episodes of that podcast. Um, for ourselves. For ourselves. <laughs> and one guy from Wales. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Ross, Ross Miller. Ross Miller. Scotland? Scotland? Oh, sorry. Scotland. Scotland. Ross Miller. Um, so, Brian, welcome back to the show. What was your question? It wasn't a question. I just wanted to insult you on, on the radio. Um, you know, just like our normal conversations, but now... But thinking back to like that time, which was probably what October, November of eleven, two years ago, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that conversation. Well, I didn't say that to you. What? Were you quit? No, no. I, yeah, I don't remember being like, dude. You know, I, I just, I just can't. I remember that conversation. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I remember the anger I had after that conversation. I don't, I don't remember that either. I probably blacked <laughs> that out. But uh, no, I just, I just remember, you know, feeling. Pride uh, for you when mm -hmm. things got awesome. Aww. That's not See. True. No, he's true. nice. Brian's not. I've known Brian since he's like two and a half feet tall. Did, you started that out as like like one of these yeah. midgets from Ringling yeah. Brothers, but you know, I, I tried to expand it. Should I turn him up? But that didn't work out. Um, so Brian, why don't you give us people? A lot of people listening may not have listened to those early episodes. I know some people did. Um, but what is your kind of history with comic books? Well, my my dad kind of threw them at me uh, mm -hmm. early on, and I remember being you know five six years old going to uh, oh that's that that's less than awesome um, <laughs> and going to the local comic shop which was uh, Port Comics and Cards. Ooh, remember them well uh, on one twelve and just kind of that was the ritual you know we'd go there. <laughs> People always ask, why are you so good at math? Because there was a 60% off sale every, like, yes. you know, season. And I had to know how to do the math to know how much I was getting off on these books. But you were six. It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> uh, he, he instilled that in me early on. I just kind of really grew up with the uh, the DC and Marvel stuff. I wasn't much of an independent guy. I mean, independence in the late 80s, early 90s wasn't a, a thing as much as it is now. Um, but... I just kind of liked having a thing that was like me and my dad's thing, you know, um, which was movies and comic books. And I read them pretty regularly throughout, you know, elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, and kind of fell off around college and then kind of got back in. But my father would, would, would do terrible, terrible things to many people if he could guarantee that I would read comic books on a regular basis. <laughs> but I, I, I don't anymore, and it sucks. But uh, they were a very big part of my life, and I remember just... It, it, it being like, uh, again, me and my dad's thing. Brian, uh, Brian's dad was going to get rid of a couple boxes of his <laughs> comics, and you gave me, let me go there and pick up bo some boxes and take the stuff. Um, there was a lot of uh, Garth and his Punisher in, in there. Well, he wasn't going to get rid of them. He was going. He wanted them to go to me, but I just hadn't. I live in Hartford, Connecticut, so yeah. um, it was harder for me to get down here. And I guess he was like, your, your mom wants him out of the house. Mm -hmm. he, doesn't, he doesn't sound like that at all. No, but. he kind of <laughs> sounds like that. <laughs> no, you've just done so many impressions of him <laughs> to me over the years. Uh, but no, but in order to get them out of the house, um, I was like, well, Bobby could like totally pillage some of this stuff mm -hmm. and enjoy it. Yeah. So have at it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, the Garth Ennis Punisher run was a huge thing that I loved. 
I remember, I remember feeling like almost dirty bringing those to school. Hmm. Like, I shouldn't be reading these. <laughs> they say bad words in them. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, was the whole Daredevil run in there? The the Bendis Daredevil was that in there? No, the Bendis Daredevil wasn't in there. There was. Where some, is it? <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, some Kevin Smith Daredevil in there. Okay. There was some Joe, Joe Casada Daredevil in there. Like the Marvel Knight stuff, a bunch okay. of that stuff in there. Um, I think all but like two issues of Mark Wade's Impulse Run is in there. Impulse was my jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You love that. I do. You love that quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a good box. But then he tells Bobby, you can you know pillage those boxes, and then I'm talking about the stuff I like in there. He's like, yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, I'll come and get them at some point. My dad said that. To no, you? you said that to me. Oh, oh, I was like, what? And I was like, no, that's not how it works. This is not. You get to store your garbage at Bobby's house until you want it. I'm gonna keep the books that you told me to store. I don't remember that conversation either. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> See, he blocks out all this stuff. Yeah, he blocks it all out. This is why you're like the hero in your own brain. <laughs> You're like the Lex Luthor of talking comics. <laughs> He's the fifth what Beatle. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just like making fun okay. of you. Okay. Like making fun of you. All right, so. Well, I, I have a game for you guys. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Oh. We, weren't, we didn't prepare for this. Bring it on. Um, we, we used to do a thing on talking comics that we stole from other podcasts. We did a fanboy remix you're talking about, right? That's what I meant. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See? Selective remembering. Yeah. <laughs> um, a before and after game where basically I will read you the description of something and you got to piece two things together. Right, right, yeah, So yeah. this is going to be a comic book character mm-hmm. and a movie. Okay. And they go together. So there's going to be no um, ringing in. It's just whoever gets it first. Okay? So we'll start. Bob. I do have the <laughs> not bell. Necessarily. Wait, 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 not necessarily. Wait a minute. Bob does have the bell. <laughs> Bob now has the bell. <laughs> You've been dreading this the entire evening. Unfair advantage. There it is. So the characters themselves will be probably easy, but the movies might not be. So uh, we'll start with. So what? What is the putting together of the answer here? I don't. I'm not. It would be like uh, if there was a Kryptonian man who was sent to look after a uh, drug dealer's daughter who got kidnapped to Superman on fire. Uh, okay, so you're putting two things together. Yeah, you're putting two things together. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, oh, gotcha. What? Okay. Wow. So speaking of Kryptonians, yes. First one is a Kryptonian woman from Earth Two gets placed in a mental institution. Supergirl interrupted. Nope. What was that? Power Girl interrupted. Correct. All right. Way to go, Kyle. Wow. Power nice. Girl interrupted. Nice. I think Kyle should get a prize for getting that right. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, number Remember two. That, number two. Martin Scorsese directs this bleak tale of ambulance drivers who moonlight as wisecracking hitmen. Oh, oh my goodness. Why? Who Martin moon? Scorsese directs this bleak tale of ambulance drivers who moonlight as wisecracking hitmen. I know the second part. I don't know the first part. Well, I'll tell you the first part. Wait, who, who knows who, it? Who, who knows it? Him and B-Man are going to put it together. The first part is well, Yeah. Yeah. Bringing out the dead is the first right, one. Right, I know that, but... Oh, you know the second part. Bring out the Deadpool. Oh, he's hit man. Hit man. man. All right. Come on. Okay. Point, I was thinking word association. You, yeah. Yes. All right, here we go. Brian's yeah. not going to remember that he got that question. He asked that question wrong in a week, so... All right, the movie here is really ridiculous and hard, but... Okay, Bob will get it. A man, no, it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's in the last ten years, so he won't. Thanks, um, thanks a lot. A man with mi- a man with mystical powers who can channel the occult gets told his nature show is going to be canceled and revolts. 
No, I don't know. Doctor Strange Wilderness. <laughs> what? what? Okay. What? Strange Wilderness is what movie with Matthew Lillard I call BS and Seth Green? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Strange okay, okay. Wilderness. That's why I wrote six instead of five. <laughs> okay. Um, a Russian who can transform himself into a metallic powerhouse travels to Germany for a ballet academy where things go horribly wrong in this Italian horror classic. Once more? A Russian who can transform himself into a metallic powerhouse travels to Germany for a ballet academy where things go horribly wrong in this Italian horror classic. <laughs> Anybody? The whole room is turned against I'm you, running, I'm running down the Italian I, horror I, I, movies. I, I, Kyle's got his hand up. Kyle, go. Oh, I got, no, ha- I got I half, know, too. I got the other. I, got, yeah, but I don't know which half is the movie half and which half is the comic book half. <laughs> Colossus. Yeah. Colossus Spiria. Oh, get out of here. What? You're gone. You're done. I, I got one more. I got Colossus one more. Spiria? <laughs> How does that add together? Yeah, yeah that's... Check, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. This is why you're not no, on the no, show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to editorialize here and not do Thanos for Atu. And, um, <laughs> See, you should have. That's a good one. See, you're changing it, though, because you're changing it from the last word is the first word to the words are mixed together. Fine. This one works. <laughs> it's my entire, one. It's my entire one. friendship with Brian. Right here. In microcosm. An animal with stretchy powers is filmed in, in stop motion in this quirky film. Mr. Fantastic Fox? <laughs> Mr. Fantastic and Mr. Fox. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Work. That doesn't work either. Are you kidding me? Sure it does. The film yeah, is called Fantastic right, you Mr. Know Fox. Brian, here's the big question. Now that we've played your game, what do we win? Yeah. Me not being on your show? Right, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Brian Verderosa. All right. All right, we're going to keep the special guests coming on up. Please welcome to the microphone, Mr. Rob Newmeyer. You're a mini celebrity, Rob. Kind of like a celebrity right here. Good day, everyone. (laughs) So Rob is uh, the guy who gives us our books every week, basically. Yep. That's what you do. We stand around this little counter, and you you put out books, and you try to push stuff on us that... uh, Oh, I don't. Anything. Sometimes you push on my head. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Recommends. Recommends. Nice recommend. You're going to love this. That's pretty good, man. I, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. tells you that? Well, yeah. If, if I say you're going to love this, I'm not saying buy this book. <laughs> I love it instead of when you say something, when you just put the book down and you kind of pet it a little bit. Uh-huh. And you like you look at me in the eyes and you just like you do that like fight club nod where you're just like... <laughs> That means yeah. you got to get this book. That more, more so means that, that I want the book. Yeah, yeah, No, I know, but it's like, just like, like psychically, you're like, you'll be tweeting me about this later. <laughs> the okay. passion translates. You know, that's it, what's important. It's funny because I believe the whole reason that Steve and I ever walked into Tor Comics was because of this gentleman sitting right over here. That is Jay. very true. <laughs> uh, he gave both of us um, gift certificates to Tor Comics uh, for our birthdays. Yep. Um, so Jay is to thank for us having this relationship with Tor Comics. You're right? the Thank conduit, you. brother. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I remember, the, it, was, it was really funny. I went in there the first time, and uh, there's another gentleman who works there, Darren. Uh, and he's the only person I ever saw there, because I would go there after like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, or whatever, after I got out of work. And Steve would always talk about this guy, Rob. He'd be like, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob. I didn't know 
who Darren was. So I thought Darren was Rob. So I did not know. And he was like, oh, Rob's really cool. I, we should have him on the show. I hung out with him for a couple hours the other day. Yep. And I was like, really? <laughs> um, and then I remember my first real memory of, with Rob is that I went in there one day and it was kind of a, I was not buying as many books physically or not many, as many books as I am now in general. And Rob goes, oh, you really need to buy this. And he hands me the cape uh, oh, yeah. by Joe Hill. And uh, I, it completely kind of changed my perspective on all, all, all of those books. You know, I, I've been reading some indie stuff, but not a ton of indie stuff at, at that point. And I certainly, I, know, I knew who Joe Hill was because I, I, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but I had never read anything he'd ever written before. And it sent me down a, a, a huge road with, with, with Joe Hill. And that, that book, it, it's one of the first books I tell anybody if they haven't been up reading comics, like, read The Cape. Because yeah. not only is it amazing, it is probably the most fucked up thing you'll ever read in your entire life. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's right when the, the Cape trade had come out. So yeah. I was so psyched to be able to push that up. Well, not push that. Yeah, here we go. See? Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. It comes Recommend out. Recommend that <laughs> on people. I don't force things on anybody. Mm, no, 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 no. Um, so uh, how have you been doing as far as books? What have you, what have you been liking recently, Joe? Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, I was, say, <laughs> I was gonna say. I think I think kind of for Steve, myself, and Rob, a lot of the we've only read a couple books this week. It doesn't have yeah. so much to do with the fact that we've been uh, really busy. I think that we've been you know, <laughs> you know, destroying cars and 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 performing heists and shooting people and yeah, and, no, yeah. Uh, but no, in terms of books this week, uh, Daredevil was, yes. was my go-to, um, and. Again, I'm getting... Oh, no, we don't want to spoiler, you said, right? No spoiler. Okay. No. I, can I just say two words? It's non-spoiler. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. D different pants. <laughs> okay? What? Oh. Different pants. Oh. Yeah, you'll different see. Different pants. I don't know if anybody's read Daredevil yet, but I don't know if that means anything to anybody. But yeah, I didn't think of that. I have to look at that. Yeah. Look at that. You'll see changes that. everything. Mm -hmm. It's like rose... It's like our rosebud. <laughs> 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 different pants. Uh... I caught up with the last couple of Battle of the Atoms, mm -hmm. which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's not reading any X titles, this is the perfect jump on. Uh, introduces you to everyone on the current teams. Um, yeah, so I'm really digging the, the X stuff right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really, really great uh, right now. Um, how, what have you been thinking of uh, Villains Month? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the retailer, retailer standpoint. Perspective yeah, here. Yeah. Well, no, re retailer-wise, it's it's just a big headache. But mm. I'd say out of each weekly release, you know, the sixteen or so books that come out, there's at least five good ones mm -hmm. uh, each of those weeks. Uh, so as a fan, I've I've been loving a lot of these stories. Uh, it's it's just so hard when you're not able to get them into the store to give to people. Yeah. It, it's been heavily promoted. Two nights ago, we got an email that next week is even more allocated. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. so they just change it like right on the fly. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a headache again. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm loving the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've been, they've been great so far. I think they, they've been really great. Um, so, uh, what else been going on, Rob? How's, uh, why don't you... We, 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 you've been on the show uh, a, a few times before, and we all, we all know that your favorite character is Spider-Man, uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yes. Big, big Spider-Man fan. But if you, if somebody walked into your store tomorrow 
and they said, give me, give me the book that's going to make me want to read comic books, what would it be? Okay. It's a tough question, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, th- there's a bunch, but I would probably go with, if it wasn't a Spider-Man book. If it wasn't a Spider-Man book, yeah. If it wasn't a Spider-Man book. <laughs> uh, I was just saying it before, but uh, Superman for all seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, All-Star Superman. Uh, in terms of big hero books, uh, indie-wise, uh, Lock and Key. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's see Fans. what else indie-wise. There's so much. Hundred Bullets, hmm. uh, Transmetropolitan, Why the Last Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Saga is probably the easiest yeah. sell. Rubble, rubble, rubble. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's quite easy in terms of Marvel-wise. Uh, Hawkeye trades are out, uh, so that's that's a very easy sell. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- there's a bunch, a bunch of go-tos. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and uh, I want to thank you where you're sitting here. I mean, first of all, for the books that you donated uh, for us to, to give away yeah. tonight. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome yeah. stuff. A lot of great stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, especially Steve and I, because, you know, you're kind of the, our first real, like, regular comic shop in a, in a lot of ways, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, been a wonderful uh, gateway into that world. And... Uh, a and a, also has made it a joy to come to a comic book store because when I first started, I didn't have any interest in going to a comic book store. You know, I, I was going to get everything digitally and I was fine with that. Uh, but the only, literally the only reason I go to a comic book store every week is because uh, of Tor Comics and because of you especially. So I want to thank you. Thank you for that. No, thank you very much and thank you for, for coming. But I mean, it turned into a friendship. Yeah, oh, than, absolutely. Yeah. More than anything. So thank you. Yeah. 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 Friendship. Thank you. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> friendship. Woo. I do have one more thing, just another thing to give away. Oh, tonight. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ooh. Something that came away uh, came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I highly recommend it, but it's uh, Cyborg 009. All right. From Archaea. Uh, mm. FJ DeSanto wrote it. Absolutely amazing. It came out in a prestige hardcover format. Um, if anyone has not checked this book out, there's a dollar preview out there that they could. You know, if there's shop still has it, you can go check it out. Totally worth the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent, beautiful book. And, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. Awesome. So we get to add it to the, the giveaway pile. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rob. And thank you for joining us. And you will hear Rob plenty of times from now on on the Talk Comics podcast. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. All right, guys, in a couple minutes, we're going to open up to questions from you guys. And uh, please don't leave us hanging. You guys are going to come up here and sit with us. But before we get to that, we have some more trivia questions to get through. Okay. How All right. We're going to do this exactly. Maybe you can, you take, can take it off. You can take it off okay. the microphone. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May make life easier. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, Bob. Okay. Carolyn, you're right in front of me, and you did get the last question right. So, what oh, question How do you, you know that, Bob? Because I look, she's sitting right here. Oh, whoa, I can whoa, see watch, the, watch the feedback, Bob. Way. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You gotta come this way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, modern Fast? age for 100. Modern age for 100. Oh, the board is collapsing. Well, I don't need that anyway. <laughs> modern age for 100. The... Bring it over here. Okay, we'll move the board. Yeah, move the board right over here. Steve and I will be your, uh, your Vanna White. You Someone has to be Vanna. If Vanna White was in Jeopardy. Modern age for 100. 
He was the writer and creator of Watchmen. He was the writer and creator of Watchmen. By a vowel. By a vowel. All right. Okay. Jeff, pick a category. Pick a question. Movies for movies for one hundred. Uh, no, Bob, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> this way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you better came. That. Yeah, you're better that way. You sure? Yeah, you'll be fine. Maybe put it back on the. I think so. <laughs> I think that works much better. Movies. It's no. live. We're live. Movies for one hundred. He plays Agent Phil Coulson in the Marvel Universe movies. He plays Agent Phil Coulson in the Marvel Universe movies. That was Movies 100. Movies 100. Movies 100. <laughs> Karen, we're moving across the room this way. Karen, pick a category and a dollar amount. Um, television for 200. Only naturally, this comics and TV creator wrote a series called Marvel Zombies in 2005. Only naturally, this comics and TV creator wrote a series called Marvel Zombies in 2005. <laughs> hmm. I think we can move on. There's writing? There's writing. Jackie. Movies, movies for, two, for you, can you can tell the uh, the not comic book fans from the guys <laughs> they pick. She has been played by three different actresses across the three X Men films, oh, meaning X Men one, two, and three, yeah. not first class. Yeah, yeah. She has been played by three different actresses across the three X Men films. <laughs> All right, let's do another trivia question. Then we're gonna have somebody come up okay. and. Uh, and, and and play along with us. Okay, so. Kyle, category and dollar amount, please. I will take. All right, let's dive into deep end. I will take Silver Age for 500. Oh my Silver goodness. Silver Age for 500. Oh, 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 Oh boy. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> this is the primary way to get Mr. Migsit Pitlick to return to the fifth dimension. He can't come onto your show, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody want to come up and ask a question? Sit in the fourth chair. Come on, guys. I see arguing in the back there. Come on. Come up. Come up. Come on. Come and sit with us. Come on. All right, Kyle, okay, coming up. Kyle. Let's hear it for Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Hello, everybody. Speaking of the microphone, I got I to check it. I got to make sure it's working. Okay. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. That sounds good. Uh, you may know me as Super Bad Larry on Twitter. This is it's Super Bad Larry, my friends. Whoa, whoa, mine's getting a little hot. Hot mic, hot mic, hot mic. Do, do, 
That's a very random reference. Don't even worry about oh, it. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jay, for moving the beer closer to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a $500 beer. Oh, I did? <laughs> thank you, Jay. Um, I pre- now, from, now, sincerely, thank you. Um, so, Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? So you gotta, first, before we, uh, we start out here, um, tell us about your little comic book history. Tell us what you love. Uh, well... K- get right into that mic. Get a, like, you got to like, kiss oh, it. Oh, okay. Right there? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, History-wise, uh, this is funny. This kind of rings back to what you guys were talking about this week on the show, meaning Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, the first comic that I remember that, you know, kind of put the hook in my mouth, if you know what I mean, <laughs> um, was... And I had to research this just to be sure, but it was an issue of The Flash where, you know, in my five or six-year-old mind or whatever year it was, there's a yellow Flash fighting a red Flash. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is happening Uh. here? (laughs) Because, you know, we had grown up, you know, people of my age, I'm not afraid of it, I'm 38, um, grew up with the Super Friends on TV. So I was like, there's a yellow flash. Who's the yellow flash? <laughs> and uh, it turns out that's the day that Professor Zoom came back from the future to kill Barry Allen's wife. Oh, wow. On his wedding day. Dun, 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 dun. It's devious, that guy. Yeah. yeah. As a six or seven-year-old, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> and so that kind of started it, even though... Um, through middle school, I kind of swung uh, back to Marvel, um, X-Men, West Coast Avengers, uh, a little bit of Captain America when he got fired and came back. Um, and then high school, it really kind of just got a hold of me. I started drawing on my own and stuff. It's filling up all my... Um, Remember when your notebooks used to have like a kind of a cardboard cover? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You could customize them. Or um, remember Trapper Keepers? You remember Trapper Keepers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Trapper Keepers. Trapper Keepers were awesome, right? Yeah. You know what made them more awesome? If you cut the little plastic and you could stick your own sheet of paper in it and customize it to yourself. Oh, man, it's fantastic. Um, and then the, the next thing that really um, gave it, like, another boost was, uh, oh, sorry, uh, was, um, of course, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. That was just fantastic. And it also happened to be a day that I got new glasses, there's a comic store around the corner from my ophthalmologist, and yeah, <laughs> perfect. So there you go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So you have a question for us, Kyle? Uh, yeah, and I actually wanted to ask you a question real quick. Do you want to go deep or light? Because I have two. What do you guys Ooh. think, deep or light? Deep. Oh, deep. Yeah, deep. 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 Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to have to... Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got to look it up. This is, this is really deep. I heard that. That was nice. Oh, boy. Um, Real quick, I, I, I wrote some of this, um, so I'm going to refer to my uh, newly iOS 7 iPhone real quick. Um, okay, so to simplify what I wrote, my question is, and this is for everybody actually because we all collect stuff, um, do you think that companies make decisions based on, uh, let's say, loss of profit versus actually taking a real loss. Because you guys last week were talking about how um, a book like, um, what was it, Fearless Defenders? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It's a great book, doesn't sell well, 
but it's a good thing to have out. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing for the companies to continue to promote. And so I'm thinking like, okay, so what is the cost of a comic? Does someone that write, you know, is Cullen Bunn making less money than say Kelly Sue is? Mm -hmm. um, we all know he's making less money than Fraction and Bendis and the rest of them, clearly, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you know, we, across Marvel and DC and even maybe even Image, um, you know, it, it, because we see them cut books so often, I'm wondering, I'm like, okay guys, are you really worried about like not going on vacation next year or are you really actually taking a loss when you kind of are gonna cut the whole, let's say ultimate mm -hmm. Marvel Universe? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ultimate Spider-Man probably being the only thing that's gonna be left over, uh -huh. you know? Or um, uh, what was another one that was on the chopping block at Marvel that we were all kind of bummed about? Do you guys remember? I'm not sure. Exactly. Journey to Mystery. On the chopping block or, or actually canceled. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What would you say? Journey into Mystery? Journey into Mystery is definitely one of them. decent book, but... So you're saying like the, the difference between actually taking a loss, like like losing money, right. or just making a little bit of less money is what, is what you mean, right? Right, and how that's hedged versus putting out good work. Like Fearless Defenders is a good book right it's a great book right and it's something that fits right in with almost every comics reporter that's out there is talking about you know the fact that there aren't enough um female role models in comics and how the so-called zeitgeist is that that's not what comics needs but clearly that's what they need right um i mean i'll say this i think that any any company, any business is out to make money. And there might be uh, some altruistic uh, benefits of them trying to make money. If the thing that tries to, that makes them money is something good, they will, not, they will not get rid of it. But they, and don't get me wrong, I think that there are, per, I'm talking about companies as a whole, I'm not talking about the individuals who work at a company or who, who, who make up that company, but the company as, as a whole, as stockholders, a, a, an, entity, an entity, they're not going to keep something that, that on the shelves that isn't making them money. And it doesn't matter. Like, they don't, like, they're not going to care like, if it's socially conscious or it's socially relevant or it makes them look better. 99.9% .9 of the time, that's not important to them. Because the bottom line comes, guys, is that you speak with your dollar. You know, so right. you, we might all buy Fearless Defenders, but the, 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 obviously the, the large portion of the comic buying public doesn't buy it. So what it, it says to Marvel is, not, I don't think it says to Marvel, female books don't sell. I think it says to Marvel, this book doesn't sell, and it happens that female characters in it. So, yeah, some people might really love it, but the majority of people aren't buying it. So why don't we put a book out that maybe is just as good and might also be a, a full of characters who are socially relevant and who are able to kind of fill that void that's so glaring in comics. It's just not this particular book, no matter how good it is. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I think that's what it comes down to for me anyway. Bob, I don't know what you think. Well, I think it's a long-term versus short-term mm -hmm. equation. On a, on a larger scale, putting out a book that is socially responsible that then brings new people into comics, brings older people back who've gone away, or says to 
female or young readers, oh, here's a book for you. Here's something you can then grab as an entry into the rest of our universe. It might be the loss leader you need to put out there. What Bobby is saying is true. It's all about the bottom line, and is I think it's become way too much of that. We have two huge corporations running the two big companies now. Right, right. At the end of the day, it's what DC, DC's Warner masters tell them, what Marvel's Disney masters tell them to do, and we move from that. And hopefully there's a little bit of longer-term thinking in it. That's all I can hope for. Because I, I, I got to imagine that, like, uh, um, any book has, like, a line sheet, right? Like, it costs this mm -hmm. much to physically print 22, it used to be 26, 22 pages, right? So it costs this much to print that. It costs this much to pay, yeah, you what's know, the page rate, colorist, right? right? And I, I guess what you guys are saying is if, if that book regardless of its impact, isn't bringing enough money to justify it actually being pushed off the presses. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That, that's what I think, that's yeah. what I think it's then all it about. Then it turns to you have to make a social decision. Is it worth keeping for a larger reason than yeah. profit? And, and uh, they're right. profit-driven companies. Exactly, exactly. I mean, Steve, what do you think? I think I'm going to end up not answering his question, but going on one of my tangents where <laughs> oh boy. I say a bunch <laughs> of stuff and don't actually answer the question. Let me talk about Astonishing X-Men. <laughs> no, um, these these industry questions are always really difficult for me, um, pretty much because I, I try not to let the industry get me down about books. I happen to read a lot of what I would consider to be like the unsung heroes of, right, right. of these two. I mean, not even the two, but especially of Marvel. Um, I mean, everyone knows, listening from the podcast, that I read a lot of Marvel books and that I... You know, Bob and I both end up championing a lot of series that end up getting, you know, the boot. And I don't think that it's a matter of quality. I think it's a matter of exposure. It's a matter of dollar. And it's a matter of effort on the comic book buyer's part that because comics cost what they cost and that there are a lot of great stories out there, that it's very, very easy to either overlook or just not be able to afford those books that you would otherwise like to take a chance on. You know, if I was part of this whole thing where, you know, for a really long time, especially this year, we've been hearing a lot about females in comics and a lot of uproars and a lot of people saying either there's not enough or they're not properly represented. Guess what? The Fearless Defenders, I mean, this past issue drove that very subject into your face. Like it smushed it like a pie and was like, here you go. <laughs> this is your book. This is what, you know, I mean, this is what we have, and it's it's not just this is what we have and you're going to have to take it. It's really good, in my opinion. It's very good. Uh, I would love to see more people take chances and, and take their dollar and perhaps maybe take a, a, a series that you know is, is not in danger of being canceled that maybe you'll take a break on it for an arc knowing that there's a quick turnaround trade-wise and you'll take a chance on something that you've heard on the podcast or you've heard just from friends. Or if anything, make some friends that, that do collect comics and perhaps form like a little group and maybe divide the pull list and divide the buying so that everybody can, you know, borrow off of one another and check out a series or two. I mean, in, yeah. a, in, in a perfect world, I'm just you no, know. yeah, no, absolutely. That totally, totally makes sense, you know. Yeah, that's a great idea because that's kind of that's sort of what I'm doing now because I keep I hear about new stuff that pops up, and you know, there's only so much money to go around, yeah, especially yeah, you know, depending on you know, you have kids, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, 
Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Thank Thank you you. very much. Now, you get to pick any any prize you want. Grab something from that pile over there. Oh, okay. Uh, The white hat. Well, not the (laughs) one. That's mine. (laughs) You stay away from that white hat. I'm totally kidding. You can get it at Target for like 17 bucks. All right, thank you very much. All right, everybody. Thank you, Kyle. (laughs) All right. um, So uh, let's do another round of trivia, and we'll get somebody else up here while we're 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 running the trivia, all right? Um... Everybody gets their papers oh. out. Uh, anybody else, while we're getting this done, anybody else want to come up here and uh, talk with us? Yeah, take it now. Take whatever you want, Kyle. I'm sorry, guys. I had to do it. Oh, he's taking the I'm color Scott Pilgrim. Ooh. Oh. The color Scott Pilgrim is Kyle's. You get that for asking a question and for getting one of Brian's ridiculous uh, yeah. Yeah. tandem questions right. Um, okay, Lauren? For 500 creators for another, oh boy, here we go. Creators for 500, although not as a team, these two giants each had their work appear in Captain America number three in 1941. Although, Although not as a team, these two giants each had their work appear in Captain America number three in 1941. Does anybody else want to come up here and talk to us? All right, come up here, man. Come on. Yay, Yay Dan. Yay, Dan. Have a seat, sir. Have a seat. So, hello. What is your name, sir? My name is Dan. Dan. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, wait. That's, <laughs> that, was that was last week's. Yeah, yeah. And Dan didn't want to come up here, and he's already cracking jokes. <laughs> he's already making the jokes. Well, actually, I got two really quick things. One is... Make love to this microphone, my friend. You've got to make love to the microphone. Sorry about that. It's all right. Uh, one's kind of like a follow-up to what Kyle brought up before. Um, in regards to, like, say, the Red She-Hulk and Journey into Mystery, I seem... To me, it seemed like they set those books up to, to fail already because they didn't start them off at number one and let's face it as comic geeks we all want a number one mm-hmm. issue both those books i think would still be in existence if they had started off with ones but that's neither here nor there at this point mm-hmm. okay now my question which my wife was too chicken to ask uh, <laughs> oh don't pick on donna that's <laughs> in the superman mythos there's a lot of double l's mm-hmm. was there ever any explanation why and I'm looking at you. Bob. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> I'm going to say no, but you know, Stan's explanation for all the alliterative names, Reed Richards, Peter Parker, whatever, was his memory. Okay. He thought if he knew that it was Peter Parker, if he knew Peter, he could figure out Parker. Oh, okay. So maybe, you know, Julie Schwartz or somebody went, well, Lori Lamaris and Lana Lang and Lex Luthor and all the rest of it. Makes it easy. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, your, to your point about Journey to Mystery and Red She-Hulk, I mean, I completely agree with you. Uh, uh, who knows if a book called Red She-Hulk would be around now, because t- I think that's a little bit tough sell. Um, but a book like Journey to Mystery, I think if it goes to number one, I think, yeah, it definitely is, is still on the shelves today. Yeah. And what do you guys think about, like, titles changing their names mid-run? I mean, that's a personal pet peeve for mm. me. That drives me nuts. Oh. Like Red Shield, you're talking about. Yeah. It was Hulk at one point. Yeah, yeah. And then Incredible Hulk became Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, Bob. What do you think? Well, it's something that went on years and years ago over the mailing privilege. 
companies didn't want to spend an extra $28 to get a new mailing permit. So things like Moon Girl became a Moon Girl romance, and then eventually became Tales from the Crypt or something. Mm. Just right. train to run. It was Tales to Astonish. Mm-hmm. They just moved over Tales of Suspense, all those Marvel books. Now there's no excuse. Yeah. I, I think it's a tough thing to do. I mean, I think they did that with uh, the Black Panther book that ended, I think, a year and a half ago or something like that. It had been, I believe it had been the Daredevil book, because I think it was called Man Without Fear, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Black Panther. Yeah, the, or whatever yep. it was. So, yeah, I think that, I think it's, I mean, I don't mind it necessarily, but I think it's rough on the creators and the people who are making the books, because you don't know what, you lose your audience because they're going to see Red She-Hulk number 67. The people who are reading Hulk probably aren't going to keep reading Red She-Hulk because this is a different character. People who might want to read Red She-Hulk who don't really know, don't really get comic book numbering so well will go, well, this is number 67. So obviously I've missed 67 issues of Red She-Hulk. I can't jump on now. Yeah, no, Thunderbolts, the Dark Avengers didn't help them. Yeah, 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 Despite exactly. it being Avengers, exactly. didn't help it's them tough. Any. It's tough, yeah. It's absolutely tough. Oh, well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very oh, much, man. Thank you, Dan. Take yourself a prize, sir. Woo! All right, Bob, back to the trivia. All right, Brendan. I'll go middle and with Golden Age for 300. Whoa. Here we go. Golden Age for 300. The creator of the spirit, his name is now attached to the Comic Book Hall of Fame Awards. The creator of the spirit, his name is now attached to the Comic Book Hall of Fame Awards. <laughs> oh, that cost me 18 cents. Brian I'll can no longer know. answer questions. <laughs> there are plenty of other pens. Well, I'll give you change later. <laughs> got a quarter. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, moving on. Dawn? Category and dollar value, please. Creators for 100. These, these Cleveland teenagers created Superman. These Cleveland teenagers created Superman. All right, who's going to come up next, guys? Come on, come on. What do we got next? The man all the way from Baltimore. You don't want to come up? Lauren's coming up. <laughs> oh, wait, Lauren's coming up. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry, Frank. You're coming up next, though. You're coming up next. <laughs> No, you're Lauren, you're up, you're standing. Come on. All right. We'll turn the camera around on you, Lauren. All right, Lauren. Hello. Good evening. Hello, Lauren. Lauren is a good friend of the show, good friend in general. She's yes. at the sh- she's at Tor Comics every week. I am. Picking her books. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have two questions. Yeah. Um, one uh, for Bob Obviously, Forever Evil was this month, and has Marvel done something comparable where they had an all-villains month? Oh, Not wow. to my memory, no. No, I don't and think no. so. And the other, since New York Comic Con's merely weeks away, what yes. are you guys looking forward to to New York Comic Con? Steve? <laughs> uh, I am absolutely torn, because I have... There's the two things that I was looking forward to the absolute most are going on at the same time. I know. Don't you hate that? I do hate what that. What are those two things, Steve? Those two things are the Evangelion 3.33 <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Evangelion. Uh, Brendan, who's now sitting at, in the audience, and I pointed him out before, and he wasn't there. 
There he is. Uh, he and I have been Evangelion fanatics as far as long as we've been friends, which is, is getting close to 17, 18 years. It's a long time. It's a really, really long time. And, I mean, this is, like, in my blood. This is something that I, I love, something I cherish. These are some of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And that's happening the same exact time as the Morning Glories panel. Oh. Which uh -oh. is so okay. difficult because not only is it, it's not even a panel. It's a Q&A, like, let's dissect what's going on in this series. And as much as I absolutely love it, I still feel like I'm, I'm not in the dark, but that there's a, a million different ways that I can interpret this book. And one of the things that they've featured in their past couple of issues that I've really enjoyed is at the back of the issue, they actually have a, like a, it's like a college course or something. It's a website that dissects each issue and asks you to go back and tells you like this panel from this page was actually an issue number three, issue number one. And the panel, quote unquote, is going to be that. It's going to be like revealing a bunch of things, like all the strings that are tied together and something that I really, really, really want to be there and be a part of and also be able to cover for the website. I don't know how the hell I would do it, but I would do it to the best <laughs> of my ability. See to, which line is less. Yes. So, I, I mean, those two things are, uh, I'm looking forward to a couple of people that I've been in touch with in Artist Alley that uh, either are returning guests from last year or new guests from this year that I've made friends with over Twitter. Uh, Stephanie Hahn is one of those artists. She was a guest artist on Fearless Defenders, and she's also responsible for all those amazing uh, Journey into Mystery covers before uh, when Kid Loki was a part of the story. Yeah. So she is a phenomenal talent, and I'm very much looking forward to speaking with her. So, so far, those, that's what's on my plate for now. I haven't had time to sit down with the schedule because everything's been crazy, but I'm sure that there will be many more things that I'm going to have to decide whether I want to go to or not. So that's my Comic-Con agenda. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I'm really excited about Thursday because Thursday, for guys who haven't been to New York Comic-Con or have been to any show like this, Thursday is a day for people who have four-day passes. It's for professionals and it's for press. So there is an uh, uh, infinitely less amount of people at Comic-Con on Thursday. Yeah. And to do what we want to do, which is talk to creators and, and get interviews for the show and for the website, it's so much easier to do it that day because you can just walk... Literally, I could walk up to Ivan Rice at his table and go, can we talk to you? And he go, yes. If I go back there on Friday, there'll be a line halfway down the center, and I'll never get to him, right? And he's too busy doing commissions, doing sketches, signing Animals, things. Yeah. So Thursday in Artist Alley is really the day I'm looking forward to the most because we'll schedule interviews. You know, we'll, we'll talk to DC, we'll talk to Marvel, we'll talk to all those guys, and we'll, we'll, we'll get some good stuff for everybody. But it's really those random interviews, those times where I run into, you know, Mike Norton like on the floor and go, hey, can, can I talk to you? And he goes, yes. And we sit down and we just talk. Yeah. You know, th those, are, those are the greatest moments about NYCC because those are the things I can't plan. And those are the things that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, that was like the Joe Kelly interview. The Joe Kelly interview, exactly. Those, David Marquez as well, you yep. talked to last year. Yep. Those kind of interviews are the best because, look, I, I, I want to talk to the big guys. I want to talk to Greg Pak. I want to talk to Jonathan Hickman. I want to talk to Matt Fraction if they're going to be there. But I want to talk to the people I don't even know I want to talk to. It's kind, of, it's kind of the thing I want, you know? So... Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Bob, what about you? Artist Alley. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's completely that. Just for that, 
just intimate contact with someone whose work you love to be able to sit and just take, even if it's five minutes to say, I really like that, maybe buy something, have a commission done. Yeah. And if we can get a, an interview on top of it, even better. Yeah, yeah. I find New York Comic Con has like some of the best artist alleys out of all the Comic Cons, really. Yeah, they it's awesome. Find, they still find it like a good, good old-fashioned comic book, you know, Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. So, awesome. So thank you, Lauren. Thank you very thank much. You, You're welcome. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Grab a prize, Grab Lauren. A prize. Grab a prize. All right, next trivia. Let's do it, guys. Okay. Ed, on you. Category and dollar value, please. Thank you, Vanna. I'll go uh, Movies 300. Ooh, Movies 300. Larry Buster Crabb played him in three cliffhanger serials for Universal from 1936 to 1940. <laughs> Wait, what? Larry... Buster Crabb played him in three cliffhanger serials for Universal from 1936 to 1940. Mm. Movies for 300. Movies for 300. Uh, yeah. Frank? Frankie? Frankie, your pick. Your pick. Silver Age for a hundred. There you go, Bob. Go ahead. Father of a current fan favorite, he followed Steve Ditko as penciler on The Amazing Spider-Man. Father of a current fan favorite, he followed Steve Ditko as penciler on The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> I'll be reading these answers out as soon as we're finished. So, uh, I even lost Sorry, that one. It's all right. Do you want me to read it, Bob? <laughs> Golden Age. No, I got it. Okay. Batman made his debut in this comic book. Batman made his debut in this comic book. <laughs> Golden Age. Yeah. Golden yes. Age for 100. Considering the looks I'm getting in the room, I'll just take the, the title of the what? book. What? No, no, no way. No, okay. No way. Okay, okay. I'm overruled. The, we need some, the number. Some, we need these the guys number. came to a, the 100th episode of a comic book podcast. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Donna, your pick. <laughs> yes. All right. Golden, Golden Age for 200. 200. These two long-running elemental characters were the lead features in Marvel Comics number one in 1939. Oh boy. These two long-running elemental characters were the lead features in Marvel Comics number one in 1939. Golden Age. Brian? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> movies for 400. We don't have a fucking movies category. Just so you know. Well, this All might right. be considered that. Yeah. This Academy Award winner was credited as special guest director for his work on one scene in Sin City. This Academy Award winner was credited as special guest director for his one his work on one scene in Sin City. All right, so I think we've gone pretty much around the room as far as asking uh, uh, individual people. 
Okay. I think for the interest of time, we should just kind of run through the questions. Okay, Golden Age 400. We'll do okay. them in order. All right. A short story in All-Star Comics number eight was the first appearance of this iconic character. A short story in All-Star All Comics number eight was the first appearance of this iconic character. <laughs> this is how we met Bob. Yeah. Quizzing. Silver Age for 200. This diminutive character was the villain in Fantastic Four number one in 1961. So, um, this diminutive character was the villain in Fantastic Four number one in 1961. Um, so, uh, we get a lot of questions, and we'll keep going the trivia as we're going through these stories, but we got a lot of questions about how everything started, and I think we, we've talked about it a few times, and we haven't really talked about it in, in a while, and we've mentioned it here and there tonight, but not, not exactly. So I guess it was September uh, two years ago, um, the New 52 started, and I was not reading comic books regularly. I mean, I would read trades every once in a while, Watchmen, Dark Knight uh, Returns, uh, so forth, and, and so on. Uh, mostly books that Brian would let me borrow and then I would never get back to him. Uh, <laughs> those were the, that's what uh, my reading consisted of. And then in 2011, now I guess it is, that DC decided to reboot their universe. They, uh, they decided to reset everything, do the new 52, and uh, I decided, hey, if they're starting everything at number one, then I'm going to start buying stuff. You know, I, I had an iPad... I was, well, I'll start buying a Comixology. DC's doing digital day and date, so that's what I'll do. And I started reading them, and I started spending some money on stuff, and I, I started thinking, well, if I'm going to be spending uh, a majority of my money and time uh, reading comic books, then I need to do something productive out of it. So I decided to start a comic book website and, and, a, and a podcast on it. And at, th at that point... I had a number of podcasts and websites that I was already running, so it was a little bit of a, a, a kind of a piling on. However, uh, I just felt like I needed to do it, you know? And I, I remember the real reason I did was because at the time the books were coming out, I was trying to research, like, what book should I buy? Should I get The Flash number one? Should I get this number one? Should I get that number one? And I remember researching it, and I remember not being able to find the on the day the books were coming out... Uh, what books were good and what books weren't and all that kind of stuff. So I said, well, maybe I should start something that's kind of very base. It's just the new 52. We'll just cover those books and we'll tweet about them and we'll do reviews as well, but it'll be a, a, a one-stop source for all of these, these type of books. And I was already doing uh, a show called Doctor Who Cast with Brian and uh, this guy, BJ, uh, who, he is the guy who, at, at the top of our theme song, the guy who was saying, you know, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, that's BJ. Um, and I asked, actually, Brian and BJ to do the show with me, and I asked our friend Brad to, to do it. And uh, Brad and Brian said yes immediately, and BJ gave me this kind of, you know, I can't do it kind of thing. He's really busy, and he was very, very busy. So I put it on Facebook. I said, hey, does anybody want to do a write a comic book uh, site? And Steve was one of the only people, I think he was one of the three or four people who actually responded. Um, and one of the only people I actually knew that, <laughs> that actually responded to, to the Facebook <laughs> message that I sent. And I, and, and I was like, yeah, sure, man. Let, 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 let's try it out. Let's do it. A and it, it became a series of emails and text messages, basically like, these are the books. Look at them. Um, and let's figure out what we're going to do. And there was, there was uh, you know, there's four Batman titles. There's four... 
you know, um, Green Lantern titles. So we'd split them all up in between each other. We, I think we all had one uh, of those books. Um, a couple of Justice League titles, you know, whatever, whatever. And we kind of just split them up between each other. And that's how we started. And we, we wrote, there was a big deal about we were going to, I made sure that we were in every single review before we ever did a podcast. We had every, every review of a number one book up there before we ever did a podcast. Um, and that's how it started, you know. And then we did the first podcast and we didn't really have a format or a, a thing. We just kind of like, we're going to talk about all the new 52 books. And that's what we did. And it, and it, it lacked a lot of structure, and it, it, it was just, we were still kind of feeling our way out, because Brad and I had been doing podcasts together for a couple of years at that point, but this was a totally different animal. We didn't really, it, it wasn't, it was the first time we were talking about something that wasn't, uh, wasn't a shared thing, right? We were all reading different books, because there were 52 books, and we wanted to read every single one of them. So we all couldn't read every book, so Steve would talk about books, and I'd talk about books, and Brian would talk about books, and Brian would talk about books, and there wasn't a lot of dialogue happening between us at that point. Um, and then I remember we had, a, uh, we had a Skype meeting between the four of us. We were like, hey, we need a format. And we came up with this format. Um, and and we, well, for one of the shows, we did this thing, and I don't remember what episode it is. We'll have, have, have to look it up. But it, we, did, we decided, instead of covering all the new 52 books, we, we should do this thing called the new 52 in 52, which would be a recap of everything that happened in D.C. that week in 52 seconds. Oh, God. <laughs> And we only did one of them, and Brian is the one who did it. And I have to tell you this. It was amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I got to tell you right now, we only did it once, but it was like episode like eight or seven or six or something like that. And Brian does this 52-second recap of everything that happened in DC Comics that week, and it's freaking great. It's really, really great. That was your shining moment, yeah. <laughs> And then he left. He's like, I'm out. He was like George Costanza inside. Dropped the mic. Yeah, he just dropped the mic and left. Um, so... Uh, R really, uh, we, we did that. And then, you know, what happens a lot with this kind of stuff is, you know, people, we, we, it's tough to keep up this kind of stuff. It's tough to keep up a podcast and website when you're not getting paid to do it. It's, it's, just, it's a tough thing to do. Life gets in the way. And Brian was in Hartford and Brad was in Boston. So, it, you know, it's, it's tough to keep those things together. So it, we, we needed to bring in new blood. So, of course, since it was tough to bring somebody from Hartford and Boston together, we brought in somebody from Canada because that's <laughs> much, much easier. And we brought her on, and, and then I think Bob, you joined. You joined a little bit after Stephanie as a regular mm -hmm. cast member. Um, but <laughs> the thing I realized very quickly was that while Steve and I were reading all these new books, and Steve had had some experience in comics in the past, and I had a little bit of experience, mm. we were really newbies, right? We didn't have a lot of foreknowledge of what was happening. So I said we needed somebody who had experience with the format. Um, we needed. We Oops. needed. We needed someone who ha gave. Uh, depth at, uh, to the show and because uh, uh, and exactly weight to the show and history and so for the second time I went to Bob and I said Bob you have to do this with us we have to and and I, I kind of catch I was like just come on we need a guest host for a couple <laughs> weeks that's what I told Bob and now about 95 96 94 episodes that's later that. Bob has been with us every single step of the way so uh, Greg Ledger come on board yeah and it and I think honestly like uh, Steve, me, Stephanie, we all have, we all bring things to, to, the, to the table as far as comic book goes, but I do not think, and I'm, I'm not saying this to, to uh, be over-praising over uh. or anything like that, but Bob is the reason why the show is what it is right now. I would totally agree with that. That's Thank absolutely you. true. Wow. We, we would have we burned out a long time ago. We got a question, we got a question from someone if you ever thought about giving up the show, and 
I never really thought about giving up the show, but I guarantee you right now the show would not be here if it wasn't for Bob. So absolutely, I'm humbled. I know. It's absolutely I'm really true. If I had a drink, I would. They'd stole my glass of wine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now I. When you first started, it was the focus of it was all very new, mm -hmm. and I'm very old. <laughs> Once it broadened, it just was so perfect. And once I sat into the sort of conversation you guys are having, and it's all on you, Bobby, it is a conversation week after week mm -hmm. after week. It is three of us and one in absentia mm -hmm. having the conversation. What if we were sitting around a dinner table with a, with a bottle of wine cracked open and just having a grand old time, just bitching and moaning to each <laughs> other and just having a a friend's conversation. Yeah. And that's just, just so perfect. You don't hear that on podcast, radio, television, whatever. It's very, very special. And, you know, it means it's just as much, too, for the people who are in this room and the people who are listening uh, at home. I mean, this is... I, oh, I talked about it a couple times already, but Brian and I did a show for three years, and nobody listened. <laughs> and I'm very, very proud of that show that we did. To be quite honest with you, Bob was on that show as well, yeah. and Jackie, who was sitting right over here, was on that show, and Mr. Jeff, Jeff Schaefer was on that show for a couple episodes as well. And... I had a great time doing that show, and I, I, I stand by just about every episode that we did, you know. Um, but honestly, nobody listened, and it sometimes got frustrating. It got hard to keep going with it, because when nobody's listening, it's cool to hang out with your friends, but you can hang out with your friends and not have to work, you know. <laughs> uh, and this is sometimes, as fun as it is, it's also work. You have to prepare, you have to, do, you have to sit down and do your thing. So to have people out there who listen and, and who, who respond and to get emails and, and tweets. And when we put a podcast out there, we have, you know, it, it seems to me like there's no way somebody could have listened to the podcast in the amount of time that we get our first message about the podcast, either a comment on the site or a tweet or a Facebook message. Um, and it, it staggers me. It, re it really, really does. I, I can't believe that there are people here sitting in front of us doing a podcast. We're sitting in microphones <laughs> talking about comic books and there are people who came a long yeah, way right. to be yeah. here. And the, the podcast would not exist without, without the people who are sitting up here with me right now and the things they bring to it. But we would not have wanted to keep going with the show if it wasn't for the people sitting in the room right now. So yeah. we owe you guys everything. Like everything. And... We're just a bunch of people, and we say this a lot, we're just a bunch of people sitting in a room with microphones talking. We're, and the fact that you guys take stock in the things that we say and elate in the things we say, and get angry at us in the things that we say is unbelievable. It's unbelievable and humbling and amazing. And I cannot thank you guys enough for what you do for us every single week and every single day. So thank you. To you guys. I'll give a little bit of history for, uh, for Stephanie since uh, oh, she, yeah. in absentia. Yeah, she, <laughs> had to, she had to bolt mm. to enjoy her birthday festivities. But uh, Stephanie and I have actually known each other for quite some time, a couple of years. We, uh, we used to work together. I still work for them. Uh, Stephanie since left, but uh, the JoeBlow.com website, movie website, uh, we both had, we both work for them, write for them and whatnot. And they had a community on there called Movie Fan Central. And at the time, it was just, I was getting, you know, getting used to it and trying to, to talk to people about films and stuff like that. And 
I came across this girl and I saw a picture of her and in the background she had a series of concert posters and all of those posters were bands that I either listened to or wanted to check out and she just seemed really cool. So I decided to message her and she told me afterwards that the first time that I messaged her, she thought that I was a creeper <laughs> and that I was only talking to her because she was a girl on the MFC website, which couldn't have been further from the truth. She seemed really cool. So her though, and I... Though you are a creeper, just so everybody knows. Oh, well, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> so her and I... But uh, in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's great creepers. <laughs> yeah. So her and I uh, quickly became friends, and we... Founded a, a project together. It was it was her idea, but we both went after this thing called uh, Neverending Story Project, where we both tried to get people from different literary backgrounds to contribute to these stories. Everybody would write a piece, and we would post them, or we would do our own things. I had my own uh, musical column on there called Melodic Mondays, which actually turned into an email, which turned into a whole bunch of other things. But when we figured that we needed a we needed a female perspective on the show, and we knew that we were going to be switching people around, uh, I immediately said to Bobby, I said, I know this girl who actively reads comics. She knows her stuff, and quite frankly, she's a character. And I think that she could bring a lot to the show. And I could not I could not have hit it more on the head than that. I mean, within a few episodes, Stephanie was she was comfortable and doing what she does. And she just, she brings such a, a zaniness and, and shenanigan-filled perspective mm -hmm. uh, to this whole thing. So there's that. But as far as personal words and things about the 100th podcast and everybody being here tonight, uh, I'm known for being a little sentimental on the show, and I'll do that right now for a moment. Uh, Talking Comics has been a tremendous outlet, I think, for everyone, not just people that are in this room, but for people all over the, the globe, really. We have friends all over the place. We have friends in Japan. We have friends in Wales. We have friends in the UK. We have friends all over the United States, Canada, everywhere. And the fact of the matter is that we started this project as something of, you know, it was a thing of passion. We wanted to do it. We weren't really sure how to approach it, but somewhere along the way, we gathered like a small army of people that really believed in us doing this website and that really found an identity with where we all were, that we had this kind of this synergy and you had all these different personalities within the group where you had Bobby who lends a very like a very critical edge to the comics, looks at them from very much a, a film perspective, from his background and being in theater and all these things, that it's a very um a very precise look at the comics. And he adds a whole element to the show that the three of us cannot do. Bob is the big kid. Bob <laughs> adds the history, and he's been there, he knows, and his, his word is, is valued because it's steeped in so much history. Uh, Stephanie is always pulling from corners of the comic book verse that we would never, not that we don't venture there, but don't spend enough time there and don't have the opportunity to be in it as much as she is because of where she is in the industry, who she works for, and the way that she involves herself in the industry, that she brings a whole other side of the coin to the website. And then you have me, where I'm very much new to comics. I pull from a lot of the independent stuff and have become kind of a Marvel fanboy while still giving credit to DC and loving their characters and stuff. 
but very much looking at things from a, an emotional perspective, not so much critiquing everything that happens in the books, but how more so how I feel about what goes on. Um, Talking Comics has been, as, as I said, an outlet and has come at a very critical time in my life where I've been able to lean on these people and lean on these fans and lean on these creators and these comics and these worlds that people have created and have given to us have given me a just a, a whole other world outside my own to play around in, identify with, find heroes that share commonalities with me. And it has been a tremendous journey for 100 podcasts, two years, uh, everything that's led up to this moment with sitting everybody here and everybody that's listening to the 100th podcast and all the tremendous Twitters that we've had, Twitters, uh, <laughs> Facebook comments, emails, all these things of people all day long today sending us things of congratulations and toasting us with beers from you know countries away and things like that. To think that uh, an idea to, to justify Bobby's collecting of comics, <laughs> that it, it spawned into this tremendous thing that we've built in this community that we've built and we've given people a playground and a place to come and voice their opinions, and whether you agree with us or not, you know, the idea is to remember that we're just people, we have our opinions, we like things, we don't like things, but it all comes back to the idea that we're doing this for the love of comics and for the love of creativity and art and writing and all of those things, and from the bottom of my heart for everybody showing their support and giving us a reason to continue doing this. Um, it's just been a tremendous ride, and I thank you all so much. Yeah, absolutely, thank you guys. Um, and I do want to say about Stephanie, who is not here as well, you know, she, she doesn't really write much for the site, and, she, and you, sometimes she's absent from the podcast for many, many episodes, but there are, there are some truths you need to know about the way the site runs. The Women in Comics thing never would have happened without her. She puts together the whole thing. Uh, she, she puts their boots to the ground. She gets these artists and creators to come on the show. Um, she's the one who goes out and gets us new writers. She's the, a lot of the events we do at the show are because of her, and she doesn't get that credit a lot because she does it behind the scenes, but she deserves all the credit for, for those things happening. Amen. Um, Absolutely. So before we get out of here, though, before we finish the show, we have a couple people. Frankie, please, come up here and sit with us. Come up here and sit with us. Woo! Frankie came. We're going to give everybody a chance to get up here who wants to come up here before we close this, this thing out. Um, have a seat, sir. It's time to drank. Yeah. So uh, where did you come from? Baltimore, wow. Maryland. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, man. That means a lot. Thank you, guys. That yes. means a lot. Um, Frankie is always talking to us. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. It, it's, it's awesome. Email, everything. What's your last name? Rivera. Rivera. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Blue Steve's mind. Awesome. Blue Steve's mind. Awesome. So how are you enjoying things, man? You having a good time? I'm actually from close by. Yeah, I grew up in the Bronx, so oh really? Yeah, Kyle. And then I moved to Baltimore when I was younger. So oh, awesome! So I'm, it feels like a homecoming. In awesome, that's great. I'm so uh, we're so happy yeah, uh, that you came. Um, so, are there any questions you want to ask us? That you're, you uh, honestly, I didn't have any questions. I really just wanted to thank you guys on behalf of the listeners. Really, I mean, you do it Aww. just. I mean, you don't do it for any money. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing it on your own dime and and. You know, the content that you guys put out, I mean, it's it's consistently, you know, just, I look forward to Wednesdays. 
not just for the comic books, but you know, new podcast. Awesome, man. Thank you. And I, yeah, I mean, there's us. You know, we know we get Bob, Steve, myself, and Stephanie. We get a lot of the credit because we talk on microphones every every week, and our personalities are always out there. But you know, honestly, the the website runs and is successful because of a group of people who their names are on the reviews they write, but their names get out there. 2% of the time compared to what we do, you know? You guys have heard Joey a few times on the show, and, mm -hmm. you know, Joey is one of those guys, he's, like, the quiet MVP of Talking Comics because every single big book that comes out, Joey is first in line to review it, and he has that review up the day it comes out, hours after it, it hits the stands, you know? And and Mara, Mara Wood, uh, formerly Mara Whiteside, uh, <laughs> she does comics and coffee with me uh, during the week of the morning show. She writes reviews. She's an amazing contributor to the site. Um, Melissa and and uh, we have Patrick and Michael and Suzanne. These are the three new people who have been pumping out reviews, uh, you know, for the last couple a couple of weeks. Um, and there's Adam who Adam lives in Japan. And Adam has, Adam, Adam has reviews up so quickly and so fast when it's sent write his reviews. And, and Sean, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago with us, uh, he covers the DC stuff so, so well. And the, the website could not run without those guys. I mean, I got honestly, like, a lot of our success has to do with the fact that their reviews brought people to the website. And they're like, oh, there's a podcast here. Let me listen to it. So... Those guys deserve just as much credit as we do for the success of this show, and um, I, I think they need to be pointed out. But Frankie, so, think about you came from Baltimore. You drove six hours to to get here, and it's just it, it's amazing to us, and we really really appreciate it. So thank you yep. so much. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank Frankie. you. Frank. Um, take a prize, sir. Go to that table and take a prize. Any other listeners want to hop up here before we uh, we we finish this thing off? Oh, Brendan! Whoa, Brendan! Yeah. My best friend in the whole world. <laughs> my man slave. <laughs> did my laundry. <laughs> he did. Brendan, welcome to the show. We've heard your names many times on the podcast, and now you're actually here. Thank you. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Got a nice drink on. You, know. you got a nice drink on. Good, 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 good. You have any questions for the the panel here? Um, yeah, I've in uh, in light of the success of the Avengers. And the, the whole um, transferring the comic book continuity to the movie realm, do you think that there is a chance in hell that DC can pull it off? You mean as far as movies go? Yes, as far as the Justice League and, you know, continuing from the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, why don't you start out there? Is there a chance? Yes, because statistically there's always a chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, they just didn't set up in the same way that Marvel did across five years of little bits and pieces. Show you Nick Fury. Show you the behind the scenes that eventually you got to a movie with the Avengers that, well, here are all these characters we've already seen combined. Got to see that. And, you know, that they sold 150 million tickets to it yeah. <laughs> is evidence of that. DC's trying to short run that. Could it work? I mean, Man of Steel made a lot of, oops, sorry. Man of Steel made a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Certainly, putting Batman into the mix doesn't hurt them any. If they add the Flash to the Green Arrow television show, do you try to do that sideway entry into it? It could be. I'm a little more skeptical mm -hmm. of this version than the other. Mm -hmm. Right, as am I. Yeah. Steve, what about you? 
Um, it's so it's so weird answering his question. I hang out with him every day. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, it's I I hope so. I really do. I really hope so because I think that DC desperately needs to get into the movie market, and if they can start to weave things, I mean, I think they should have done it with um, Smallville and Superman a while ago that they would have had a leg up. But now, if they're going to be doing stuff with Arrow, um, which actually got quite good towards the end of the first season, I, I it was a guilty pleasure. I mean, it was melodramatic and silly at parts, but for the most part, towards the end, it got really comic booky in a good way. And if we can start integrating characters and perhaps transferring those characters from television to film... I think it'll it'll add to the familiarity for people, and it'll just boost ticket sales. Uh, as far as it moving its way into comics, I think it seems like a natural thing for them to try and do that. I think if they can sit around the round table and make a plan and kind of map it out where that's what it does, that it could be tremendous for them. And I think that it would be a great step in them. I'm not... Not to say that, I mean, DC is, it's they're constantly in the news for, you know, great things and both shady dealings at the same time. Right. If they got their movie verse in order, because they, in my opinion, they have the greatest animated uh, movie universe. Absolutely. Locked down, mm -hmm. solid. I do like some Marvel films, but DC, without a doubt, has the best animated. If they transfer their, I mean... Animation has its place, but if you took some of those animated films and brought them to the to the big screen in live action, they would have been tremendous sellers, and and would have it would have been ridiculous. Yeah. If they can take that magic and they can move it into the live action, finally, I think that we'll see a really a really good you know future moving forward for them comic book wise. Yeah. yeah the uh, the for example the the Wonder Woman mm -hmm. the most recent Wonder Woman animated. There's so much talk about how. Uh, you know, it's so hard to get a handle on the Wonder Woman live action yeah. film. Mm -hmm. They did it already in animated form. Yeah, well, and you and I watched that together. Amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the hard thing is just a it's just a BS answer because it's it's not it's it's just a character, mm -hmm. and it's we said this on the Women's Comic. It's no harder than Thor to do Wonder Woman. It's just, it's the same idea as doing uh, as doing Wonder Woman as doing Thor is Wonder Woman, but. I, I, can they get do it? Absolutely, they can do it because you know what? They have Batman, they have Superman, they have Wonder Woman, they have characters that people know very, very well, and characters that people love. Uh, I, I think that honestly, as much as much uh, fervor as it made, the Ben Affleck casting is a giant step in the right direction for me because mm -hmm. Ben Affleck, uh, you know, we, you can say whatever you want about Daredevil and Geely and the movies he made ten years ago, but. It, for the last five or six years, he's not only been a great director, he's also been a great actor. He's great in Argo. He's he, he's great in The Town. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little movie called Company Man that he did. He's very, very good in Hollywood Land. He's obviously fantastic in that movie. Boiler Room. Um, Boiler Room he's very, very good in. Yes. He has that movie coming out this year called Runner Runner, which I'm sure he's going to be good in. I don't know how good that movie's going to be or not, but uh, that's a giant step in the right direction. And for me, it completely changed my mindset about seeing... Man of Steel 2, Batman vs. Superman, whatever, whatever they're going to call it, because I went, okay, I love Ben Affleck. I think he's a great actor. He makes really smart choices, at least in his recent career. This makes me think maybe there's something to this that maybe I didn't see before, or maybe it will change my mind. And look, we say this on the show every, every time we talk about this since we did that review, which is that, look, a lot of people obviously liked it. So I cannot say to anybody they should do something totally different because I didn't like the thing they did the first time. Like, that's a ridiculous thing to say. You know, but I do feel like 
you, you cast great actors, you bring in great talent, you have a ch- that, that's what wins the day. Mm-hmm. It's like we talk about when we talk about the controversy with the DC books with Batwoman and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, listen, if, if Mark Andreanko and Stephen Holland do a fantastic job writing Batwoman in a year, we're not gonna, we will remember, but we're not gonna think about the fact that J.H. Williams walked off the book during controversy. We're gonna say, wow, Batwoman this year has been really great. And so it comes down to all of this minutia stuff, all the, the corporate dealings and all the way things are put together and all that stuff. In the end, it, it, it's kind of bullshit that gets in the way of enjoying the art. But what we hope is that at the end of the day, the, the art will, will rule out. Right. And I think that if they make great movies, then no one will care, you know? And that's the thing, like, like they, I think they asked, um, it's funny, when you talk about the actors, you talk about the actors that they did an interview with Chris Hemsworth, and it's been around the internet today, there uh, uh, was a rush, you know, that movie Rush he's doing, it was a junket for that, and somebody asked him about, like, the rivalry between DC and Marvel and their movie universe, and he goes, well, it's not really a rivalry, right? I mean, we're winning, you know? So, <laughs> I, I, which I thought was a very funny thing for him to say. But the one thing was, he was like, oh, you know, Dark Knight Rises and Avengers came out the same summer, and Avengers beat it, and, and he and Chris Hemsworth said, totally earnestly, not being a dick. He said, "Oh, did we win?" Like he had no idea. So I think the the, the things we think about as fans, big time, are things that aren't so much worried about in the in the in the in the, in the community. But I think that, like I said, the movies are great. They'll be able to do it. And I think that you have a good guidepost when you're looking at Ben Affleck as Batman in the in the next in the next movie. So I'm excited about that. But Brendan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank awesome. you very much, Woo! man. Take a prize, sir. Take a prize. All right. So I think what we're going to do, we're, we're, I think we're at our normal time at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, what we're going to do is, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast as far as what people are going to hear at home. And uh, Bob will finish off his trivia so we can, you guys can get your prizes. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to end the podcast uh, right about here. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So uh, guys, listening at home, um, it's at Talking Comics on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. And podcast at talkingcombooks.com is the web is the email address and the website is talkingcombooks.com. Um, make sure you guys check out comments. We love interacting with you guys. Um, thank you to everybody who came out tonight. You guys are amazing yes. and awesome. Yeah. This is fantastic. Um, I want to announce right now that starting with episode 101, we will be uh, talking comics now. So we're rebooting with talking <laughs> comics number one. <laughs> Uh, and then we're going to do all new Talking Comics, so we'll do Talking Comics number one, and after that, the new Talking Comics, and we will reboot and go number one again, and then we'll get rid of all the cast members, and Bob will hate Marvel and love uh, Rob Liefeld, and Steve <laughs> will, uh, I don't know what Steve will do. Steve will hate Thor. I'm a wild card, You're baby. a wild card, you're a wild card. Uncanny Talking Uncanny Comics. Um, Savage Talking <laughs> Comics. Max talking comics. Max, talking comics, Max. Talking comics, Dark. Yeah, talk, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Talking comics of America. Um, Mighty talking it, comics. It, it, it is to come. But uh, we'll yeah, put so that's. 52 podcasts up each week, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 52 podcasts. <laughs> all different cover art for yeah. you guys. 3D. Be, yeah, 3D, uh, 3D podcasts Five from now to the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much uh, uh, for listening to Talking Comics number 100. For Bob. Good evening, and thank you so much. Steve. Animal Man! (laughs) (laughs) I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. (laughs) 